Cutting through the ball in the post-truth apocalypse. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm joined by Gaz. Hello. I'm Mike. Hello. And the topic of this week's episode is it's a movie episode, it's Mike's choice, and he's chosen the the wonderfully entertaining, happy film. No, not really, it's harrowing as shit. It's called Threads, and it was a 1984 make-the-TV docu-film yeah. about um, a nuclear bomb hitting the city of Sheffield and sort of nuclear war across it is. the Western world. It's totally good fun. It's the <laughs> most scientifically accurate depiction of nuclear fallout and therefore possibly the most miserable, depressing movie I have ever, ever seen. Yeah. Um, it's sort of gargantuan levels of just drudgery and oh, glad you misery. <laughs> Very well made misery. But, um, and I'd like to paint you a little picture before we... Oh, we should just say, if this is your first episode, we'll do the news before we first, get to threads. and then we'll get into a, a deep dive into the movie Threads. If you haven't seen it, pause it, go and watch it, then come back. It's worth it. If Don't you kill yourself. Yeah. yeah. If but you haven't decided that all hope, all life is hopeless <laughs> at this point, and if you, all like me, went on a five-hour rabbit hole of yes. YouTube videos of nuclear explosions... Ben's been a bit unwell since he saw this film. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I'd like to paint a, paint a little audio picture for you uh, with my words. This weekend has been a joyful weekend for me, um, overflowing at the seams with love and positivity. My first ever children's party as a host, because my girlfriend has two children, went perfectly well. All my anxiety was for no reason. It was fine. I handled it like a boss. It was a nice. great party. I heard other parents chattering about what a great party it was. Then, well, it was a great party though. Did you have an entertainer? Did it you, was a, did a yes, it was pirates, pirates and princesses themed, and an actual grown up dressed as a princess came and sang songs. And oh, they God, were all, that sounds like my idea. oh, I didn't listen to any of that. Yeah, I yeah. was inside manning the kettle, that uh. was my job, and I did it like a boss. Oh, two jobs <laughs> put up the gazebo, <laughs> put up no for the adults, put up the gazebo and make the fucking tea and I did both those things like a champion anyway it went perfectly so I'm feeling great feeling accomplished then after the children's party my girlfriend's family and my family met each other for the first time more anxiety but it was unfounded everything went perfectly both the families love each other couldn't have gone better I wake up this morning I go downstairs I work on our um, a little feature that we're going to be playing later on using my editing and voiceover skills that I haven't used for over 10 years, the things I actually learned at university, wow. feeling great, feeling <laughs> like a champion. I go upstairs and the children surprise me. They obviously consider me to be a father figure them to, now, to them now. I get my very first ever Father's Day card oh. and Father's Day gift. I'm feeling, sweet? I am oh. feeling like the love in my very DNA in my cells. Then, on, I watched this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> and all the joy, and all the positivity, and all the potential 
that I could see before now lay in a nuclear ruin. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. That's okay. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what did you get for Father's Day? Like a 20 oh. bag of weed or...? No, no, no. Um, oh. Well, I, I will like the spliff. Was that a hint? No, I just wondered no. if you like, they thought, no. well, what does Gaz like? I got... <laughs> the children chose... They don't see me smoking marijuana, Ben. I'm responsible. I go <coughs> round the side of the house. Uh, sometimes at the back door if they're in bed. Anyway, um, it was a T-shirt, a set of Batman pyjamas that say, Dad by day... Batman by night. Lovely. And a nice card that said the man, the myth, the legend on the front. So I was feeling wonderful until I watched the fucking film. But we'll get into that later on. Yeah. Shall we do the news? Yes. If this is your first episode, then we'll do this for sort of half an hour or so. And then we will uh, we'll hit the main yes. thread of the topic he's so, a um, pro isn't he <laughs> he is happy moments and he's struggling through he's suffering from festival AIDS I just got back from the download um, festival I am yeah it was great it was awesome three hours of GNR yes good stuff who was the best band you've seen um, actually a band called Greta Von Fleet oh, you who were um, like a very young Led Zeppelin oh awesome um, actually I've yes they're very young, aren't they? Yeah, they're like they 19. they sound directly yeah. out of the 70s. Yeah, yes. they, they were really good. I'm yeah. going to go and see them in November. They're touring in um, Birmingham. Oh, awesome. Uh, I think it's November 16th. But yeah, they were brilliant. And you know what? Ozzy was very good, you know? Oh, awesome. Um, his voice hasn't gone. Yeah. So, yeah, Axel Roses was wavering a bit. Uh, but but he was, you know, they were very good. I mean, Slash sings, was fucking on it, you know? He, he sings was, very high, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah, I was trying to be technical there, you know what I mean? It's not the easiest shit to sing. No, when yeah. you're running, when you spent 20, 30 years running around the stage screaming yeah. at the top of your voice. And a lot of drugs. And a lot of drugs. And, and he's still that, and apparently Axel's not one of them, you know, uber clean health freaks now like some people turn into. He's still a, he still likes to party. Oh yeah. Which is why he's not skinny. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Know. Yeah. But good on him, man. I watched some YouTubes. I just wish someone would film it with a decent fucking camera because uh, someone's put the full set on there right and I watched a bit of it while I was having a chong last night but it's not the band's fault it's the camera the, one minute you can hear all rhythm section then the wind changes and all you can hear is guitar and it's just because someone's filming it with a shitty phone but, so yeah, if anyone it's... filmed it with a good one put that up there and I'll watch the whole <laughs> fucking thing yes, so, uh, so you have festival aids. I have festival so I might be sounding a little husky and if you hear mm. anyone coughing then uh, that will be me I'll well, do. to be fair, probably all three of us because we're smoking copious amounts of marijuana, <laughs> allegedly. Actually, you know, I found out that that helps really the cough. Cool. Boom. <laughs> medicine. Medicine. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. Like, yeah, so... Um, there was a big thing about the, about the medicine, actually, cannabis medicine in the UK, wasn't there, this week? Was there? Uh, a little kid. All right, go on. He's got seizures and he came across some Canada mm. with cannabis oil and the customs stopped him and took it off him. Yeah. He went into hospital seriously ill. And they've allowed him a dispensation to to continue. All oh, right. Yeah. So Good he's getting high, high as a fucking kite. You know, it's a shame, though, isn't it, that we have to pat the government on the back for, hey, well done for not letting that child die. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> with his more natural than... substances yeah. that he brought with him. Good on you, lads. Well, it's, it's not like they've got a great record in not letting children die recently, well, uh, is it? Uh, Bombings, things like that. Yeah. 
We're going to talk about a lot of dead children this week. Oh, <laughs> It's going to be a fun one. They're going to be fucking good to get a laugh out of this, to be fair. But so, um, not just any nuclear war. Nuclear war in the north of England, where it's depressing <laughs> as fuck anyway. <laughs> to say that this film is... Probably brightened up their day. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Bloody hell, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> to say that it's grimdark is a bit fucking this film. Fuck it's a bit me. sort of an understatement. So come on then, let's let's crack on with the news. Yeah. Um, do you remember when Billy Corgan saw a shapeshifter? We thought that he was just doing it for uh, for attention. I do remember this, yes. Turns out he might have had sex with it. <laughs> oh, for he fuck's sake, Billy. Had sex with it. Yeah. Billy. Billy. Oh, Billy, you're so stupid. And William now, remember? Oh, sorry. Um, today is the greatest day I've ever known, for it's the day that I learned William Patrick Corgan may have slept with a shapeshifter. Can't live for tomorrow, tomorrow's much too long, I'll burn my eyes out, possibly because I will now be picturing this visual every waking hour for the rest of my life. For those who may not remember the strange reflections of 90s alt-rock king last, no- last October, Corgan stopped by the Howard Stern Show and during the ensuing interview announced he had once seen a shapeshifter. He was awfully cagey on details at the time, simply saying that he was someone with one point and then suddenly you turn around and there's someone else standing there. I'm pretty sure he said it was a reptilian. Hang on. I've got a feeling he got raped. I've got a barbed penis. <laughs> yeah, he was ashamed of it. Listen, I'm not a lawyer, right? Right. Claiming to have witnessed a shapeshift is not the same as me turning around, seeing Mike sitting there, turning my head completely in the opposite direction is what it sounds that happened. Then turning it back and there being somebody else standing there not Mike walked off and somebody else walked in. Fucking shapeshifter! <laughs> you fucking druggy, fucking idiot. He did say a reptilian in his last one, didn't mm. he? He said a reptilian, but this changed. She's been put as shapeshifter. Shape, so it changed from one person to another. Because we've covered the original article before, mm. and Billy has covered a lot of drugs, probably. Huh? Huh? Allegedly. Corbin made the following admission: the person was naked. Oh well. So my theory is starting to pan out a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. Also, Billy is focusing, one of the things he does right now is he runs the NWA, which is an old wrestling um, federation. Uh, he seems to be intent on losing all of his fortune yes. by trying to make wrestling other than the WWE successful. My God, you don't think it was um, Dixie Carter, do you, from well, TNA? I think he may have at some point said to one of the boys, I've never took a body slam. Go on, let me see what a body slam's like. Someone's dropped him on his fucking head. <laughs> and he's now making up alien stories. You know, I think. Yeah, Just well, write another fucking song if you're that desperate for attention. <laughs> fucking hell, you're famous. Sorry. Well, it was on the Howard Stern show and it didn't take long for Stern to make the obvious in- inference. Wait a second, were you in bed with a shapeshifter? You make him love, he asks. An understandable jump, given the few circumstances in this modern world in which you're alone with each other, alone with another naked individual. Corgan continues to avoid confirming or denying. Bored by the chore of saving face, you might say, as Stern presses him to admit it was a lover. Hmm. I think he was shagging a reptilian. There's a difference, though. Like Mike said, there's a lot of big... Big difference between a lover and um, and a forced barbed penis. In the <laughs> there is. I, I reckon we should check in for anal scarring. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, if you want to check Billy Corgan for anal scarring, well, no, there are worse jobs. <laughs> I'm a doctor. I'm not going to go. You're the science officer. Might be in physics. Yeah. <laughs> well, for anybody listening, uh, the barbed penis is in reference to um, the great tome 
the wonderful work by David Icke, the book Children of the Matrix, wherein he quotes some bloke he met in a pub who claims to have been raped by a shapeshifter and it had a barbed penis. Yeah, but you couldn't tell whether the two guys were Oriental or Hispanic. And I, I'm... Shapeshifter, Ben. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, if he can't remember what the two blokes look like, or well, he couldn't remember the barbed penis, could he? Right. Is that from our missing episode on reptilians? Yes, it's the last episode. Um, no, we mentioned it. Oh, we've brought it up before. It, yeah. We should read that passage out again, because the guy, rather than just admit that he was a bit gay, created this entire... Backstory where he was raped by a big barred penis and then wouldn't report it to anyone, but the army doctors noticed it and he yeah. had to be um, anally stitched. And I believe that's just a, an elaborate, an elaborate ruse, just because he refuses to admit to his wife that he's secretly very gay. Maybe, you know. But hey, so anyway, but it uh, could be true. Or Billy did find yeah. a shapeshifter. I don't know. I don't so, know. So are we going for? Do we believe Billy or William? Sorry, do we believe William? Is he insisting on being called William? Yeah, he is, yeah. What are you, cock? William Corgan, yeah. He, well, when he's he was been a, Billy all these years. When he was TNA, he was like, oh, it's William now. He's, he's William. Is he the suit now? Is he William now? Yeah. I He'll be think... Benjamin next when you become a bit more of the mm. manager chain. No, hey. I'll, I'll never be Benjamin. <laughs> Sir Benjamin. <laughs> Only if I get knighted, obviously. Senor Benjamin. If I get knighted, then maybe. <laughs> um... Do I believe Billy? I think Billy could be confused because I think, I mean, I'm, I might be assuming here, but he's a rock star. Yeah. Rock stars, you know, are known to indulge. You know, and you could be a bit confused when you've got a few beers in and maybe he maybe had a bit of a mental slip. He thought he'd gone to bed with one person, but as he sort of started to sober up, he realised it's a, it's a completely different person and he's just got confused somewhere along the lines and then... Um, or he, or he fucked a shapeshifter. Maybe he moves in those circles. He is a rock star. Well, he's a millionaire. You know, he's a wrestling wrestling tycoon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. Um, Vince McMahon farts in your general direction. <laughs> but like I said, he could have. Maybe one of the wrestlers hit him, dropped him on his head. Maybe, maybe. A lot of wrestlers do have difficulties because their job is to blur the lines between reality and fantasy some of them lose the plot and they do yeah yeah maybe this has happened to yeah. billy you know maybe he thinks he's a wrestling tycoon who shags <laughs> shapeshifters <laughs> as well as being a rock star uh, so it's yeah. a great day job yeah i did hear a good theory the other day on the themes of wrestling and conspiracies you know how many dead wrestlers there are yeah and we know that the real reason is steroids and lifestyle but i heard a conspiracy that conspiracy that Vince McMahon is a big time Satanist and sacrificed them all. Right. All the dead ones. Yeah. yeah. To gain the billionaire power and... Wouldn't he be better off like mm. not sacrificing assets to his company? That makes better business like, sense. Maybe yeah. someone who's not going to make it rather than the likes mm. of like Chris Benoit and Owen Hart yeah. who are, you know... Bigger to sacrifice more power maybe? Yeah, I suppose mm. so. You're still losing yes. an asset for business, aren't you? See, yeah. I think Mike's along the lines yeah. there. These higher-ups are saying to Vince, if, if you really want to go to the next level, you've got to kill that one. But he's worth loads to me. <laughs> yeah. oh, how much do you want it, Vinny? That's it, yeah. How much do you want yeah. to be one of us? Kill Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I think, <laughs> he, I think he's still alive, actually. <laughs> So, yeah, sorry, I derailed that. Do you, think he cut Randy, do you think he cut Randy Savage's brakes? Possibly, because the rumour is Randy Savage, the reason he was blackboard for so many years, is he committed the ultimate sin of fucking Stephanie McMahon. Well, he was the macho man. Yeah, you know, but she was also very, very young. As yeah, I was thinking that. too young. I was actually yeah, thinking that. Just is, as you said, I thought, well, yeah, hang on. That's he why was he like, was... 
He was like in his forties when he retired, and mm. she was only came on the scene like yes a few years ago, like ten years ago. And, and once he left the WWE, he was never welcome back until after his death, when basically the fans and people in the industry basically campaigned for him to be let into the Hall of Fame. Up until that point, he was sort of whitewashed from the um, wow. Yeah, he never was offered a, a return. But that's all rumour and conjecture. Well, so, um, just like the fucking shit Billy saying on the Howard Stern show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, move on. Yeah, next one. Is this one from an actual reputable... Looks like it. The Washington, Washington Post. Post? Yeah. Wow. I've got to sign uh, privacy agreements to get in. You have to do that on every fucking oh, website you go on now. It's insane, isn't it? And I'm just pressing continue without it. reading any of the fucking details, so fuck knows what I'm agreeing to. They probably own my mum's anus. <laughs> <laughs> We've noticed you're blocking ads. Fuck you, stop noticing my behaviour. <laughs> it's building a profile of your bike so it can replace you, 3D print you. <laughs> I was going to ask you when we get into threads, as you two were so upset with... Um, uh, the Google voice, you know, being able to understand a uh, uh, broken English and book you a table. What's scarier, that or nuclear fallout? Um, well, I think it's going to lead to that. <laughs> uh, the two are not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think that the Google voice thing is going to one start. day adopt the voice of whichever US president is here and ring up, yeah. I'd like a nuclear strike, please. Oh. Yeah, about four o'clock on Thursday. That'd be great. Yeah, nice one. Thank you. <laughs> I think that's how it's going to go down. That is the plot to the Terminator, though. That's the only problem. Well, they should need to stop making intelligent AIs, then, don't they? But all it is is just, like, a clever assistant that can book fucking appointments. And now it's you. booking nuclear strikes. That's the next thing. <laughs> Actually, I've got a video on how a nuclear strike is authorised as well. It's only a couple of minutes. I'm oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, be, that's not as bad. I thought you were going to say, like, some sort of effects of nuclear. We are going to go into yeah, a lot of the effects of uh, nuclear. We'll, we'll skip that one, then. It works we're having phone, technical difficulties it, so. with the news, so... What's the next story? Um, the disturbing moment, office workers catch a man on camera having sex with the road as his friend watches closely. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. Wow. Oh, Lord, there's a photo. Yeah. A man has been caught on camera having sex with the road in the middle of the day. Oh, Stunned God. office workers filmed the man thrusting his bare hips into the ground outside their building in Long Beach, California. The footage shows a second man crouching on all fours beside a van and watching the disturbing scenes <laughs> at close you. range. Wow. I mean, he's literally behind a car with his trousers down, humping the road. I assume there's a small hole. Oh, Lord, there's a video. We don't, <laughs> we don't want to watch the video. No. I've watched it enough times this morning on YouPorn. <laughs> was it oh, you? the video was playing. <laughs> I saw him humping the road. Um, yeah, so this is what we came to work this morning. This little ground sex session going on just outside the window, a man says in the in the vision. His friend is there checking him out. What's he doing? Asked another man in the office. The bizarre vision was uploaded to Reddit this week where it's drawn a range of bewildered comments. Was it wet concrete? <laughs> Boy, this was a little more HD than it really needed to be. <laughs> and what was that guy near him doing and where did he go? That's what I'm interested in. <laughs> wow. I like how they haven't blurred out their faces, but they have blurred out his asshole. <laughs> I appreciate that Daily Mail. Asshole? No, I'm saying I appreciate that <laughs> Daily Mail. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It does pain me to share this from the Daily Mail. I must mm. admit, but I couldn't. I saw the headline and thought, "Well, can't really gloss over that one, can I?" <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what kind of whole. I mean, 
It's going to be tight. It can't be wet well, cement. Or, or he's not going to risk of dry, drying and trapping you there. Well, the thing is, it can't be a big, large hole, or there's no friction. There's, there's no point. You might as well yeah. thrust the air. So he probably had his cock in a fairly tight. I think there was blood involved. Oh, there would have been. I reckon, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, people really will fuck anything. <laughs> yeah, in the pursuit of orgasm, men really will stoop to all kinds of stunning levels, won't they? And as we have said plenty of times during the news in these kinds of stories, there's nothing wrong with a good old-fashioned wank. Yeah. You don't need to jazz it up. No. It functions perfectly. It's one of evolution's little gifts to us. Yeah. And if you do want to have yeah. sex with a bit of road, mm-hmm. maybe you should use your driveway, get a yeah. gate, block somewhere. Like, you know, somewhere no one can see you. Uh, Middle of nowhere. Some people like being watched, don't they? Yeah, but there's being watched and there's being watched having sex with the road. Yeah. Maybe it was the perfect <laughs> hole. That's why they were like, it's the perfect size <laughs> to actually... Waiting, it's fit. turn next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it was some sort of weird power game and the guy watching is literally, that's his little bitch and he's like, you will do whatever I say. You'll get there and you'll fuck that hole in the ground. Yeah, maybe. One of those weird power mm. games. Not that I know anything about that. I'm the one who tells them, okay? <laughs> I'm not the one who fucks the road. <laughs> Okay. Anymore. <laughs> nice see you evolving in your in your range of appetites. I am. <laughs> More responsible these days. Yeah, that's it. I got a Father's Day card this morning. Hey. I did use it to skid up on, but <laughs> <laughs> that card will eventually become roach material, won't it? <laughs> no. I have sentiment. Right. <laughs> Where's that card you get we gave you? Uh he smoked uh, it. <laughs> in the ashtray. <laughs> Well, fantastic. Alright, what's the next one then? Whole Live. This is from... Whole Brothers, our home was haunted by a ghost who attacked people and pushed them down the stairs. No, it wasn't. (laughs) The ghost once turned the living room upside down and the family brought in a vicar to perform an exorcism. So yeah, a pair of Hull brothers haunted by a ghost that attacked and beat up visitors to their whole home have described what life is going on life is like living with a poltergeist. Darren and Chris Buttery say they live with a ghost that has pushed, punched and slapped the inhabitants of their East Hull home, as well as moving around furniture, slamming doors and hiding objects. Darren, 47, says there's been a ghost in every house he's ever lived in since and believes the same malicious spirit is following him around. Because he's got nothing better to do than stalk a bloke called Darren from Hull. Yeah. Because well, if you're dead and you've got infinite powers in the afterlife <laughs> to move stuff about, slap people around, you're spending it slapping Darren from Hull. You know, strolling into 10 Downing Street, giving Theresa May a wedgie. <laughs> you know, you're not using your powers for good. Well, you're hanging around in Hull, yeah. pushing people down the stairs. Well, the thing I was going to say is he says he's he's telling people what it's like living with a poltergeist. I think living with a poltergeist is a lot like um, living with um, like a writer or um, you know, any other sort of creative person because you just sit around making up fucking stories. <laughs> fucking poltergeist. No, I'm not having it. Although the Enfield poltergeist is quite an interesting case. That'll probably be a future episode. No, I'll, I'll have the aliens. I'll have the Anunnaki you would, overlords. You wouldn't have the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. They were owls. I'll, I'll, I'll have sensible aliens like the Anunnaki. They're not sensible. They are. No one sees them. I'll have the ancient aliens. I'll have all the pyramid stuff. I'll have the men in black even. <coughs> but I won't have ghosts and ghouls. Woo. Yeah, well. 
Yeah. Until I fucking see one, or I'm slapped around by one, or like in the Ghostbusters, it's implied one gives me a blowjob. <laughs> fucking children's movie, and we all loved it. <laughs> that ghost is sucking him up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's meant. To, I think it's imp- certainly implied. I'm not sure if there's a, yeah. a deleted scene where there's a bit more. Sort of <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> not. Not where you see it, but more, there's a bit more facial expression. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. I'm sure they did film the scene where it Triple made, it, it, made <laughs> it quite clear he was getting sucked off. Well, you see his belt being undone. Why would the ghost go to the Ghostbusters place? <laughs> the very place where they're in the most danger. It's a danger fight! <laughs> <laughs> and like, just think, oh, you know what? Ray's yeah. there. Ghosts can be perverted too. <laughs> but if you suck off a Ghostbuster, you might not bust you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, he's going to bust, <laughs> bust one in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a payment protection <laughs> kind of thing. They've got a rocket going on. Protection <laughs> racket. Oh, you don't oh, think no, like no. Sli- I said Slimer keeps his feet. What's it is? What's it is? Slimer. It's coming in. Because the Ghostbusters live next to that nuclear containment unit. <laughs> so they're spunks radioactive, <laughs> so it's green. And that's how they made Slimer. He's just a big spunk bubble. A big hungry he's, spunk bubble. He's white underneath all that. He's, that's... Yeah. He's earned his freedom. <laughs> <laughs> he slimed me after he gave me a fantastic blowjob. <laughs> and then I slimed him. <laughs> Boy, did I slime him. Slimer does have a big mouth. Probably <laughs> <laughs> do all three at once. <laughs> hey, you're forgetting Winston, you racist. He could do one to Winston because he's black. <laughs> he's well, more well hung. Everyone forgets Winston. <laughs> <laughs> I was just I was complimenting Winston's penis size. Oh, oh I see. Anything, you know, so well, that, that's a bit of sumptuous. That's reverse racism, isn't it? Vacism. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm just calling it racist. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just fine. I'm um, just, yeah, stereotype, well, maybe. Yeah. So we've talked about um, the Ghostbusters radioactive spunk. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't we do more of this article? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the streets off Preston Road in East Hall are currently lying dormant. But for Darren, this is where the frightening hauntings first began for him when he lived with his parents and two brothers at 4 Wandsford Grove in the 1970s. 1970s hall must have been a depressing place. Yeah. He said, The house was absolutely terrifying. At first it seemed like the ghost was playing with us. It like to bang the door shut and lock them so he couldn't get in. And then move things around the rooms. Once the living room was turned upside down, and other times it was, u- it was used to move the rocking chair with a clown sat on it uh-huh. from one side of the room to the other, and also shuffle the bed in the front room about the place. You love that. Why <laughs> you would have a clown in a rocking chair in a haunted house is beyond me. Exactly. This guy is such a hack. He's such a shit horror writer. These are all just hackneyed fucking cliches. Raise your game. Darren. <laughs> um, there used to be creaking on the stairs and the sound of a child crying, but we never found out where the noise was coming from. Probably your brother's bedroom. Or next door, easily explained, creaky fucking floorboards. Next door there was a baby. Boom. Maybe. Yeah. I hear the baby next door to our house crying through the walls sometimes. Babies are very fucking noisy and they have a particular pitch designed to yeah. pierce our fucking eardrums. That's true Even enough. through fucking walls. Yeah. Honestly, we don't hear the adults. Ever next door, or the TV, or the music, or anything, that baby starts to cry, and you can hear it clear as day, man. It's really weird. Well, you well, go and slap it. Well, no, because then I would be the man who slaps babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, teach them to cry. 
Eventually. Well, it'll probably keep crying till the fractures heal. <laughs> I'm not saying fracture its bones, I'm just saying give it you know, a bit of a tap. Ben. <laughs> this is why I'm not a parent. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you're not allowed anywhere around you. <laughs> I'm allowed around them. <laughs> well, yeah, that did make it sound. He beats them, he doesn't do anything else to <laughs> I said I've never done it, I'm just saying that, you know, it would be a deterrent. Or slap the dad or the mum. I could probably slap the dad actually. You know, I just could, to shut your kid up, smack. I could see me slapping him. Sorry, that's a different <laughs> story for another time. <laughs> yeah. well, Love anyway. thy neighbour. Yeah. Arrogant twat. <laughs> <laughs> Does he look down on your work van? I think he just looks down on me in general, <coughs> but you know, fuck him. <coughs> he has a big, at the back of his head here, uh-huh. a big, and he's got very jet black hair, so his bald spot shows up uber bad. Ooh. Right on the back, like a monk, and I think he's about the same age as me. And you know, I look like Donald Trump's son. I've got so much. <laughs> so yeah, he's probably he still has a lot more money than me, but you know, hair. I bet you trade it all for your hair, guys. You should change. I your should hair offer him. I'd say, yeah, dude, I'll take it for the car, man. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. back to the news. Back sorry. to the news. Um, Darren says the tricks the poltergeist played became sinister when it started physically attacking visitors and pushing them down the stairs. We have to get a vicar in, Reverend Tom Willis, to perform an exorcism. But the poltergeist punched him in the guts and pushed him down the stairs. <laughs> you shouldn't have got the vicar in, you should have got a carpenter in to fix up whatever it fix whatever it is everyone keeps tripping up over or a on the priest. stairs. Yeah, or an alcohol counsellor. <laughs> I think Darren just needs a counsellor in general. Yeah. Know. So he, we, he couldn't get rid of it. He's not much of a fucking priest then, is he? <laughs> so he asked the council to move us out. It was too dangerous for us kids to be living there. Oh, for fuck's sake. And it got to a point several times where we had to be taken out of the house by neighbours and other family. We never had much of a life living there with all that went on, he says, Darren. I think this is obviously a case of, you know, when you're in a, in a council house and you want to move to a better one. Yeah, you that's need a, a possibility. Reason to, yeah. you know, how can you prove that they're yeah. not getting thrown down the stairs? Look, look, my arm's all bust. Yeah. There's your, a ghost. Did your mummy and daddy do this to you, little Kevin? <coughs> or little Darren? No, no, poltergeist pushed me downstairs. <laughs> can we have that big house over on the new estate? Well, yeah, it's a possibility. I'm not going with it, to be fair. Uh, Me either. Surprisingly, shockingly. <laughs> I think it was just a ploy to get a better house. Yeah, or a bit of fucking attention. Yeah, possibly a bit of attention. Like the vast majority of the stories we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have sex with the aliens! He's going to bring his own book out next month, isn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, you know it. He's going for the sort of Enfield Poltergeist yeah. film deal, isn't he? That's a film. He'll be going to ghost and ghoul conventions and getting paid to do an hour's talk, you know, with his photographs and his slides. I doubt he's going to show nothing. Yeah, he doesn't look like the photographs and slides type, does he? No, 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 he looks like they're stealing a fiver out of his nan's purse, even though he's 25, <laughs> doesn't he? 47. 47, st- yeah, still stealing a fiver out of his nan's purse. <laughs> go, to go and get four cans of cans side. special <laughs> brew. Gina Bodegas, me! No, Darren, I'm not having it. <laughs> Science <laughs> officer Mike, what are you saying? Um, yeah, <laughs> shit, innit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not having the ghosts. No. No? Is yeah. there any more? 
Well, why don't you someone go and spend the night in that house and see what happens, and we can just disprove it then? No, because like you said, Darren's so special, it specifically <laughs> haunts Darren. I hate the name Darren. Special? Yeah, me too. Darren's a wanker. No, mar- sorry if you're They angry. always marry Debbie's. Darren's always just, you know, the guy who loves getting up Sunday morning and looks forward to cleaning his car. Is that your neighbour's name? He looks forward to it. No, I don't think it's Darren, but I, he, looks like, he looks like he could be a Darren. Is he married to a Debbie? She looks like she could be called Debbie, but yeah. she isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. They have to live next door to me, too. I'm sure it's not great living next door to the me. The smell of that weed drifting around from the, from the, around the corner. Yeah, I guess that would be top of the list of complaints. <laughs> and there's the drunken shouting. No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> well, That's we, the news, isn't it? Yeah, that's the news. Should we call a quick uh, piss break? We'll start with threads. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so we are back, and we're going to talk about the 1984 made-for-the-BBC docu-film Threads, directed by Mick Jackson and written by Barry Hines, which is set in the northern English city of Sheffield. <laughs> Which is depressing anyway. Which is depressing <laughs> as it is. But it's 1984 and this is the setting. And yeah. we're children of the 80s. And I did find some things at the start of this film almost quite comforting. Mm-hmm. Like 80s life, the, the cars, the decor, yeah. the, the general grim the darkness of life. Mm-hmm. You know, the pub. Mm. Pub scene. I was like, I, I Two pints of bitter, please. Yeah, they all drank bitter back up north. And he literally yeah. said the line, "Hey, you gonna go chat up that bird over yeah. there?" <laughs> I didn't like that guy. He was turning the guy. He's turning him away from his fiance. I didn't like him. <laughs> oh, Ben suddenly went to a rock festival and came back with his morals. No. Did you find them at the bottom of your wellies? You left them there a year Don't ago. Don't wear wellies. I wear walking boots. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Does your manservant lace them up for you? <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> Would he be called Virgil? No. You wear a glittery suit. <laughs> no. I'm not the million dollar man, you know. I'm not Ted DiBiase. He's a preacher now. Is he? Yeah. Oh, man. He regrets the years of um, cheating on his wife and doing drugs, basically. <laughs> and like all good Christians, you know, you just... Say sorry at the end, don't you, and try and make up for it, and then all of a sudden you get to tell other people how to live their lives. Well, he wasn't certainly wasn't on steroids. He was always a fat bastard. Mm. <laughs> was well, never comparatively really, speaking, he was never really in shape, was he? No, in more in shape than we are. But I know what you're saying. He wasn't a big steroid guy. But anyway, we he certainly wasn't in already. shape to go to work in his pants every week. Doesn't <laughs> 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 but if I was, gonna, if I have to go to work in my pants every week, put a bit I, more. I'm gonna put a bit more effort into my yeah. appearance. <coughs> I understand that, but mm. he was the million dollar man at that yeah. time. He paid Virgil to work out for him. Yeah, that's really what it was, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the air. Uh, back to the film. So Sheffield is home to, um, outside of it, is a major RAF base. Right. Um, RAF Finningsby, I think it is. Uh, I've got that later on in the notes. Is that real? Is that actually there in real life? I would, yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's up there. Yeah, mm. it um, would have been... Remember, there's a lot of bases up RF base at the time up north because that's where the, the Soviet could have come the North Sea would have been right. a major sort of battleground yeah. in the event of a big east-west kickoff. Mm. That's why the entire Royal Marine Commando Brigade got stationed effectively sort of rotated through Norway, Northern Front. Mm. They spent like a year at a time skiing and learning to fight in the snow and everything. So it was considered quite a big sort of potential battleground. So yeah. a lot of stuff up north. And mm-hmm. 
know. And it's the way the Russians would fly round, isn't it? They're going to fly straight over Western Europe mm. to attack us. They're going to come no, round the top. They're so. going to German airspace, are they? No. So, we start with Jimmy and Ruth. Not Jimmy, is it Ruth? Is it Ruth? I've, oh, I can tell you. I've got Ruth written down. Ruth rings a bell. I do believe it is Ruth, yes. Because that was one thing. I, I only yes. heard him say Ruth, Ruth good. Ruth yeah. Beckett. Yeah. And they're parked up on a hill in his little Ford Anglia. Uh, looking at the city. <laughs> bit of a make-out point, it isn't is, it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, the news comes on and the bulletin is about fighting in the Middle East. But neither of them are really interested. Jimmy changes the station for the football and then they make some sweet love. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you don't know if it was sweet. <laughs> well, he knocked her up anyway. <laughs> it, um, it turns out that the news is that the Soviets are invading Iran in this fictional universe because of an American coup that we weren't very happy with. Alleged American coup. Mm. When has that ever happened before? Well, <laughs> this but they're in the pub and the news is on the background, but no one's paying attention. It's going through all of this. Mm. That's the thing with the feature of this film is that this news is on and you're you're hearing the build up to it. Yeah. But none of the characters are paying attention until it's too late. Far too late. Far too well, late. That's exactly what would happen. Well, that's what we do, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Always, I ignore the news all the time. There's always flashpoints going on in the Middle East. Yeah. I don't know about them, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Ruth announces that uh, Jimmy's got her up the duff. Oh, She's pregnant. Jimmy. Poor Jimmy. Should he learn to use a rubber? Mm. <laughs> well, you, things are cramped in the back of a Ford Anglia. Why wasn't space to put it on? That's a great excuse. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds plausible. Um, let me go to. Um, so it starts on Thursday, May the fifth. This mm. film, and by May the eighth, a full-on invasion by the USSR on Iran is taking place. But still, no one's really paying attention. And Jimmy mm. and Ruth decide, knowing that you know he she is pregnant, they decide to get mm. married. Wonderful. Bless. Also on the news, carrying on at this point, is the United States and the West announced they may send troops to the Middle East unless the Soviet Union withdraws. And again, no one is paying any attention. It's all about the little trivialities of modern day life. That's yeah. it, isn't it? Arranging a marriage. Mm. You're distracted by life, aren't you? You yeah. can't, you know, keep your finger on the international pulse all the time, can you? Well, I manage it. <laughs> <laughs> I manage the opposite. I completely... You know, if it wasn't for this show, I wouldn't have a fucking clue what's going on. I'd say most people just get snippets here and there. Yeah. And that's the papers, what's in the news. That's how they get brainwashed mm. so fucking easily. Hey. That's <laughs> so this film does make the point, because you only ever hear snippets of the news in between them, the characters, doing stuff. Yeah. And they're like, oh, change the channel. Yeah, they hear, like, the headline, they change the channel. Good. And, and my, I'd be like... <laughs> Fuck, the Soviets invading Iran's not good. No. Now that doesn't mean shit when you've just got your missus well, at the door yeah. and you're only young. This stuff, aren't we? We're, mm. you know. But at the same time, if I've just knocked up Ruth and all of a sudden I've got to buy a house and marry her and I'm just some bloke who works mm. in a timber mill like Jimmy does, yeah. then um, oh, I've probably got other things on my mind, in all fairness. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Sheffield, a little bit of background about Sheffield. It's the fourth largest city in Britain with a population of 545,000 in 1984 when the film was made. And its main industries are steel, engineering and chemicals. Military targets nearby include the NATO airbase and the RAF communication centre. I'd imagine probably a major one because it's by a sea. Right. So, May the 11th, and we're on to the sort of... We're progressing through the story of these two young people, Ruth and Jimmy, their parents meet. And again, the news is on in the background. So the mm -hmm. families are meeting, you hear the news, 
And this time there's been a serious incident involving the US warship off the coast of Iran. A submarine mm. has disappeared on patrol. A nuclear mm. submarine, so it's a, yeah. it's a big thing for yeah. that to happen. But, you know, oh, they're here now. Turn the news off. Yeah. Go and meet them. Well, you know, you don't think about depressing things, no. do you? Um, Thursday, May the 12th, we skip to, and the Soviet Union is protesting to the US about provocations to its warships in the Gulf of Oman, with serious damage caused to a Soviet cruiser in collision with a US destroyer. But in the meantime, Ruth and Jimmy are buying a house, planning the future. Mm. You know, baby's coming. Life has to go on, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. Um, but sadly, the US submarine has been confirmed as sunk with oil and debris has been found, and 127 sailors are dead. Um, the Soviet yeah, Union's been held. War, isn't it? So it is, yeah. Uh, the Soviet Union has been held responsible by the US president. Yeah, now you'd think people might pay attention, but still. Now that would be a big. That, yeah. would, that would be a big thing. I mean, if, if well, a, the average person would they? But you sure. do see in the sh in the movie there are sort of subtle hints that remember the woman in the supermarket comments. It's only a Wednesday and uh, it's like bloody Christmas in here because of how busy it is. Yeah, so yeah. There are some people that are. You know, yeah. paying attention and thinking, yeah. fucking hell, we should be stocking up. Because a lot of people are surprised and caught short, as we'll see. That's true. Have you got so, two weeks' worth of tinned food and water in your, in your house? No. Feed. How many weeks, though? Two weeks. Two. At least two weeks. Maybe a week in tins. Maybe. Yeah. Water's the main one, though. Nah, apart from the taps. But they wouldn't work, would they? So, no, no water. I'll go off a crate of Foster's. <laughs> Have you got a uh, secure nuclear bunker? Nope, got a shed. That's not going to do much? Nope. It's a pretty big shed. <laughs> it's also not underground. <laughs> but every home in Switzerland built since the 60s yeah. has a nuclear shelter. This isn't Switzerland. No. Sweden. Uh, Switzerland. Where did you say? Switzerland. Well, you know, the shed isn't underground, but it has been painted with Ron Seal diamond hard mm. outdoor varnish. Um, Ten-year guarantee. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that stops nuclear radiation, though. Good old British engineering. I think it's still open. No, it's owned by a German company, actually. That's called Nobel. Yeah, I'm fucked. No, I don't have any food or shelter. No, I'm fucked. I'm one of the fucked people. I know I am. But having seen this film and what the reality of survival is like, I want to die in the blast. I don't want to survive because, as we said. We sort of hinted at right at the start. We should say to anyone: if you haven't watched the film, for God's sake, pause this, <coughs> go watch it, and come back. But if you haven't, this is a movie based on a guy's... Re if this isn't like a Hollywood retelling. The guy set out to tell the most scientifically realistic portrayal of what would happen if nuclear worldwide nuclear war kicked off, and specifically what would happen to Sheffield. Yeah. But um, it's about the world, isn't it, at large? So this isn't glorified. It's not Hollywood, you know, there's no dashing hero... You know, There's no flag flying at the end, uh, proudly above you know, the ruins as we strive to rebuild. No, there's no... no it's grimdark. Yeah, yeah, there's no happy ending. <laughs> Far from it. There's no... No so, hope. Yeah, there's no hope. Yeah, yeah, there's, no, there's nobody in that film that prays to God. There is before the bombs drop. Oh, is there? The church is a very... Uh, there's a scene in oh, a church. Think of that. And um, it's on the build-up to it. Mm. And the church is very full. Okay, I didn't notice mm. that. Um, no. But 
No one's certainly afterwards. Yeah. My guess right. say in no the aftermath is... of it. What the fuck does yeah, God even godless, mean? Very godless, isn't it? I mean, oh. God has abandoned us, hasn't he? Of course, it Although, fucking has at that stage. We'll get to it. There was a bit of religious symbology later oh, on. Ah, yeah. Did yeah, you spot? Was, yeah. was it yeah. a reference to the fucking the virgin the birth, birth and yeah. all that? Wasn't it the birth? The, the, What's it called? The nativity scene. The nativity scene. scene yeah, yeah we'll, 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 we'll get to that. It's it was a direct reference. It was. It was very. I was like, yeah. Hey, it seemed a little bit out of place, didn't it? With everything, the rest of the movie, I thought that. Yeah. We're back to the news again in the film. Mm. Um, Britain, this is the information. Information comes up in this, in this film yeah. a lot. And it's Britain has contingency plans for war. Now, if the central government falls or fails, power is transfers to local officials spread across the country. Now, in Sheffield, the chief executive is also the wartime controller. Right. I submitted a request to our local council, Talford and Reakin, <laughs> Asking for what contingencies they have should this happen in terms of civil defence and are the shelters for civilians and things like that. And I'm currently awaiting the 20 day waiting Freedom of Information Act list. This film if, really did if, get to you, it didn't did, it? Yeah, ben? I was like. You've put in a Freedom of Information request yeah. to find out what happens when the nukes fall in our local government. Wow. I think you deserve the broadcast journalist uh, <laughs> label this week. That's going above and beyond. That's almost was, journalism. It was more curiosity than anything. Paranoia and fear. Yeah, that too. Because <laughs> um, I, I ended up on, on a site called Nuke Map for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll get to that. Oh my I'll get Lord. to that. So anyway, the oh. film skips on. Uh, anyway, so should it, should it become necessary, the chief executive of Sheffield in this scenario the war mm. controller, will assume full governmental powers. He has life and death powers. Who gets fed, who doesn't? Who mm. gets fuel, who doesn't? Yeah, who gets murdered, who doesn't? Exactly. Or stuck in a, an internment camp. Yeah. Tuesday, May the 17th, the US deploys paratroopers to Iran to protect, and I'm going to quote, legitimate Western interests in the Middle East. And I went, oil. Yeah. <laughs> keep the oil flowing, boys. Yeah. Of course you have. <laughs> but I love the way it was phrased. Yeah. Um, Britain prepares now at this point because the, the government is obviously thinking this could go yeah. one of two ways here. Mm. And in Sheffield, the chief executive is told to prepare for the worst. He gathers key personnel for a meeting and this is when we first start seeing that little bit of panic buying as we alluded to yeah. a couple of minutes ago. Thursday, May the 19th. Chief Exec is making serious preparations, including levels of food, medical supplies. He's preparing for emergency powers. You've got blankets being delivered to schools, which you would assume are sort of going to be key. Because every community has a school. It's a focal point for people yeah. to go and get mm. necessary things. Shelter? Shelter. Well, that kind of happens, in, that happens when yeah. there's, you know, like natural disasters or anything like that, it isn't it? Yeah. A school becomes yeah. a sort of community. Absolutely. Place, and everyone can sleep in the gym. Yeah. Tables yeah. and things like that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This is remember the US had deployed paratroopers to Iran previously to protect Western interests. The remnants of them, it says remnants, oh, so, have taken up defensive positions. B 52 bombers are arriving in Turkey, and the 84th Airborne Division is on standby. RAF jets are moving, and those are F 4 Phantoms at this point. Those are the ones you see in the play, the, yeah. the film. Um, bought from America. Mm. Twin-engine, all-weather, long-range supersonic interceptor and fighter bomber entered service in the 1960. We're still using them till 1992. Wow. And uh, they can carry 8,400 kilograms of weapons. That's a lot, isn't it? It is. So that's like eight metric tons of weapons. 
Eight metric tons of death. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically. And they do uh, 1,400 like miles an hour. Planes. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? 1,400 miles an hour they do Oof. at top speed. And they cost 2.4 million pounds each. Like yes. Mac 2 or something. Yeah, pretty much. They cost yeah. a lot more than that in lives and souls. <laughs> yes, it was an <sighs> RAF filling <laughs> room. The trillions we spend on war, mate. Oh, Wasted. Man. Wasted. We could fucking transform a society with that. I know. You know the Bob Dylan song, Masters of War? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's the mind, yeah. Song. Is your money that mind. good? Oh, man. <laughs> Line, evidently it is. line from the movie that sticks out with me, delivered in the voiceover documentary style, was a money has lost all meaning or money has no meaning. Yeah. Food is the only currency. And I was um, like, shit. Given, yeah, us, given as reward or taken away as punishment. Oh, so it yeah. wouldn't have it wouldn't matter, Mr. Fucking you that build the death planes. You'd be on the same level as everyone else. No, because he'd be in a fucking bunker, well, guys. Yeah, according to the film, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. he'd be in a private bunker, wouldn't he? They'd have all, he'd yeah. be in a nice little Unless private bunker. Unless he was bunker. caught out by surprise like everyone else and he wasn't in the bunker. Well, mm. And hopefully he made it to the bunker and died in there alone of radiation sickness and it was a painful, <laughs> slow, horrific death at the hands of his own creation. And I hope he thought to himself, I wish I hadn't invested in them planes yeah. or them missiles. Or them bombs. Yeah. 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 Fuck. That'd, That'd be, be nice. That'd be no, nice. Really is, just... that those that uh, invest in it, those, they'll be safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, 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 well, they're the elite, aren't they? Of are. Maybe that line would come to him, what did the guy who invented the A-bomb when he saw it land and he started quoting the bar? The, oh, uh, the Indian, I have become the, death. Yeah, the destroyer of worlds. That's it, yeah. Like that fat guy in the um, office when he just he's talking about all the food and he just goes bastards. <laughs> I think he's the doctor. Yeah, yeah. he's the medical person. Isn't yeah. He? yeah, and uh, yeah, he, he has to make yeah. some. He feels the stresses when he has to cut the. Oh, we get to it. Yeah. Anyway, the bikini, bikini state, which is was what the, does that mean? It was the um, bikini was the alert state indicator used by the MOD to warn of non-specific forms of threat. Right. The current status was always displayed on government buildings and military base entrances. Apparently, the word bikini was chosen randomly by a computer. Okay. Not named after Bikini Islands. I was thinking the Bikini Atoll and yeah. the nuke, but no, apparently chosen randomly. As with every um, military operation name, they're chosen at random right. by a computer, yeah. Mm. Allegedly. Like Operation Telic was a rack. Whereas the Americans just go, Enduring Freedom! That's what I thought it was called. No, no, our, our involvement oh, was operation. Our involvement was operation. The Yanks isn't. Now theirs was enduring freedom for the yeah. Iraq War. I want to say that they choose it, don't they? Yeah. Anyway, so at the minute in the film, it's on black. The highest levels are red and amber. White is the lowest. Never used. <laughs> Never used white. So we go. White situation stable. Obviously, it's never been stable. <laughs> black possibility of an attack. Possible civil unrest. So, Amber, high alert of or transition to war, and red at war, likelihood of nuclear strike. And then that film, brown. <laughs> that's how you trousers. Brown alert. In there at this point, after the film, they go to amber. At this point in the film, you see him changing it for black, yeah. putting on amber. Awesome. And the US accuses the Soviets of moving nuclear warheads into Iran. Um, now people are starting to play, pay slightly more attention. You're starting to get a few demonstrations in the streets. 
interestingly still a lot of people trying to shout these demonstrators down mm-hmm. I'm a fucking patriot I am still brainwashed <laughs> yeah. even the nukes are flying Good, yeah, yeah. And she's like, we could just get rid of the nukes. I think this is a major target. There's industry here. And somebody goes, what bloody industry? It's all closed down. You're like, it's it's not the point, mate. They don't know. The Russians don't know that. Well, that was the reality of the North in the 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, it it was. But do you think the Soviets are, well, them steel mills might have closed down. But they could start up again if they had to. It was the reality for that guy, wasn't it? The, Mm. um, you know. I mean, I know he's the guy who today is voting Britain first, probably. I mean, Brexit, that's what I meant. Or yeah. UKIP, more Yeah, but you know, you can understand the frustration. I mean, I don't think I'd be down anywhere shouting. I know that for a fact, I think. I, well, everyone was I, down there shouting, I'd be quietly stockpiling well, food and water. Well, yeah, I, I don't think I'd leave the house no, much. I wouldn't fuck that. I don't think I would at and all. And I'd be digging a hole in the garden <laughs> big mm. enough for me to live in for fucking... Well, and then make into some kind of bunker. Asda, a massive Asda is within walking distance of my house, and I would possibly the bravest thing I would do is maybe try to break in the back way or through the roof or something daft, you know, rather than fighting in through the doors like everybody else in the mad crush. Well, the maybe try and fight my under, way in. Yes, it has. I've yeah, been. Yeah, so I used yeah. to work for Debenhams. And you can just pop up and get what, like, at the back of McDonald's or something. Get food yeah. No, I have heard that is a shelter under there. Oh well, it is very concrete. But I know that because I was there. The, on the island, mm. on at that, in that particular corner, mm. there is a manhole cover which is locked. It's got a wheel turn thing on. You know right. the wheel lock. And it's quite visible, and I have heard that is mm-hmm. a bunker, but there's no way on earth you'd be allowed down there. We'd like oh, to the council. Be down there. Yeah. That'd be like the council bunker. You're telling me fucking Lucy Allen would be down there? Yep, if she was in Telford for once. And I'd be burning in the fucking fire pits of nuclear yep. hell. Because, guys, because only the wankers are going to survive this. The likes of you and me, they get what they want in this scenario, in my opinion. We mm. were about to basically fucking medieval serfdom. Yeah dependent on our higher-ups charity for the hard mm. work we're putting in to keep them in the fucking life of opulence. Yeah. Dying of radiation poisoning in a fucking field for us, mate. Yeah. Well, them cunts are in their fucking nice governmental bunker, living it up in a nice hot shower, warm food. We're on stale bread and fucking rotten fruit. Yeah. But again, hopefully... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I would die in the initial blast. You know, because look, the people who built the, you know, the... They built a barricade and hid behind it. They still got fucked up, but they survived, didn't they? Hopefully, I, I wouldn't have the barricade bit. I'd just yeah. be like, take it in the face and be gone with. The old lady even says, doesn't she? You know, I wish, I envy him. You know, they're worried about their son. He's, he's probably dead. I wish I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me too, watching this fucking thing. Um, uh, yeah. We'll take a break. Yeah, we can do, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Okay, and we're back. Um, so carrying on with the film, uh, Jimmy and his buddy are in the pub, and they see it on the news. And this is actually when people do start paying attention, mm. because it says that NATO starts to discuss sending a task force to Iran. The barman changes the channel, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, oh everyone are watching that!" Yeah. All of a sudden, people are starting mm. to pay interest. Mm. But um, Jimmy says, "Oh, it's getting serious now." And his drinking buddy just goes, "Oh well, no, we can do about it." Mm. Oh, that's that's it's a healthy attitude to be fair. Yeah. It's true. It is mm. true. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean you could start stockpiling tins of beans or try and bang that bird over in the corner. Who, who, you know, let's face it, 
She's a woman, so probably didn't comprehend the severity of the situation. That's a joke. Seventies <laughs> rubbish joke. I'm terrible. I'm a <laughs> terrible. I'm a, yeah, I'm a terrible sexist monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> a little oh. brain couldn't comprehend. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in a room. We're joking. We. Lo- I'm in a room with two sexists. I'll get off your <laughs> sexist high horse. High horse. High horse. You're the most Neanderthal of the three of us, definitely. <laughs> I'm, I'm a man of culture and taste. Uh, where is Download Hoodie? Yeah. What festival was it? <laughs> Download Was it the Hey, hey on Why Literary Festival? No, it was Sweaty Rock and Roll Festival, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's culture. Yeah, it's, you know, it's culture. <laughs> but is it it's culture? Yeah. <laughs> on the Sunday, I've got to tell you this actually, on the Sunday there was a, a small plane started flying around the main arena with a banner saying Jesus loves you. Oh, that has to be someone trolling. <laughs> I, that's, I thought, it's either epic trolling or some some yeah. conservative Christians in this country thought Mountain Manson's we're on. Gonna they're going to save the devil They're all going to be worshipping <laughs> Satan by the end of it. Oh man, I've got to tell you, one year... Um, uh, you know, I, when I did the festivals for work, um, the guy who I worked for is an Indian guy who, a Sikh, who became a born again Christian. And then um, he didn't do Download Festival, of all the festivals he did, for the very reason that he believed you shouldn't mess around with satanic um, imagery and stuff. And this is the guy who I really looked up to, looked up to, who'd got all this sort of drug experience, but then cleaned up, successful businessman but really bought into the whole Christian thing and it scared him that much that he was like, nope, I won't do that festival. And one year, we were Creamfields, which is a horrible dance music Oh, yeah, festival. that used to be a big thing years ago. Yeah, but they tried something a bit different because, you know, Kasabian are slightly... They're rock, but yeah. with a beat, aren't they? It's mm-hmm. sort of dancey. Kasabian were playing and our store was directly opposite the stage. Not that many people were watching, to be honest. They were more, well more into the actual dance music. But anyway, we were watching it. It was a point at the end of a song where the band were just, you know, smashing away on the instruments. And uh, the singer was saying, we kill without... Oh, shit, what's the word? Um, discriminate. We kill without discrimination. We kill without discrimination. But I think what he meant was, you know, when you do a killer set, we killed it. Yeah. They were playing at a dance festival and they killed it, they smashed it. We kill without, you know, discrimination, we'll kill anywhere. But my guy who I worked for was completely freaked out by this. Like, this is dark energy, bad shit, man. What is he doing to those people? And I'm like, what? He really believed that kind of stuff. Like, just didn't think you should fuck with dark images and things. Why was I on about that? Download. Download. So maybe, yeah, I, maybe it was a real banner. Yeah, maybe. Possibly a funny troll. I though. think so, yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past the Christians. Though. No, neither well, would I. Nah. Neither would I. 50-50, innit? Back to the terribly depressing movie. Yeah. Um, so at this point, the <laughs> our Prime Minister, who would have been the Thatch... Yep. Thatcher, Thatch. Thatch. Uh, offers a massive support for the gov- for the United States government, which was Reagan at the time in the film. Okay. And Erwin Reagan, they had a bit of a special relationship, oh. allegedly. They did. They brought neoliberalism to the world. Well, yeah. there you go. And she took the milk. Took she the milk did. The Cash. <laughs> <laughs> we love women, just for the record. We do. Just not that chip. Just not that one. This witch is dead. Yeah, man. Ding dong. 
It was the number one. We don't care what you do, BBC. I used to have these steak to do so the bitch can't come back. <laughs> look at that, though, isn't that? Look at, again, the government controlling the nav- narrative, controlling reality. That song was number one. Ding yeah. dong, the witch is dead. But no, it wasn't because they wouldn't acknowledge that it was. They wouldn't play it. And it's a fuck, you can't change reality. It's a political. Uh, I found their way to worm out of it. They're bastards, aren't they? And that was the same as that Theresa May liar liar song. Censorship, though, isn't it? It is censorship, of course, because the song itself isn't offensive. No. It's the reason why it was number one exactly. they found offensive, but the fucking song itself wasn't offensive. Well, that so. just shows you how, how unloved mm. she was in this country. As oh, soon as yeah. she died, number one was Ding Dong the Witch is Dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think if we had a really fat, popular Prime Minister? Right. Well, mm-hmm. the Jeremy Corbyn. And, and when he died, mm-hmm. right, Mr. Blobby was the number one Mr. <laughs> Blobby song. Do you think they'd censor that? Probably yeah. on grounds of good taste. Yeah, well, I just throw it out there. <laughs> but now they sing Jeremy Corbyn in praise. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who would have ever thought a politician would have his own chant? Come on. Yeah, I see his... Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty mental, that, isn't it? I see that cool. festival actually went quite well in the end, didn't it? I don't know, I didn't they see it. They held some festival, um, Labour Live. Labour Live. Mixture like, of politics and music. I think there was like 13,000 people rocked up for it, so... I would have got it if I'd be up for 40. Someone would have got well, with me. <laughs> I can't think of anything worse. Well, actually, I'm not a member of the Labour Party, so... I'm a supporter. Yeah. I mean, I mean, good for the people that did go, but for me, personally, a weekend of... Politics and rock music, <laughs> and, right. yeah. and pop music. I doubt it would have been rock music. I would have music. enjoyed the pop music, to be fair, a lot more than I would have enjoyed some little hipster with a beard, like you know the type of beard, wispy, silly purple beard, telling me what's what, and I'm like, you're fucking fourteen, piss off, you <laughs> fucking non-gender specific fucking arsehole. Where's the beer tent? Has anyone got any class A's? What sort of festival is this? Uh, Can I interest you in signing up for this particular drive I'm starting in the car? I need this many to go. Fucking fuck! Can I interest you in some herbal marijuana? Oh, God! (laughs) I I think it was all the young people that went, though, to be fair. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean they're fun young people. That's true, yeah. There are different types. I'm just ragging on it. I'm sure it was fun. It's actually, I'm being silly and facetious. I didn't know that was a thing until you just mentioned it. It's fucking pretty ace that they can attract that many thousands of young people genuinely interested yeah. in politics. Yeah. And that's just how shit Theresa May is. She's so shit that children will be, well, young people will be willing to go to a festival that is 50 50 politics and music. Wow. Yeah. Times have fucking changed. Yeah. Shit. I wouldn't have gone to that when I was 16, 17. Fuck I'd have been no. like, oh, fuck that. Fuck off. Yeah. Anyway. Back, to the horrendous, yeah. <laughs> back to the horrendous nightmarish apocalypse. Saturday, May 21st, in the film. Uh, the United States delivers quite a generous ultimatum to the USSR, I thought. Uh, mm. A joint withdrawal of Soviet and US forces from Iran. Yeah, but it's fictional and they're going to portray the US as... Yeah, but if you, fairly on the you know there are yeah, but it, so they're gonna they're gonna as an ultimatum goes that's not but we'll pull out if you pull out how's that yeah it's good yeah, yeah. I'm trying to say in real life that probably wouldn't happen so yeah I know yeah but this obviously does portray the the Soviets as the yeah. quote unquote bad guys doesn't it this mm. particular film in a way well they they always are aren't they Ben well, I've seen Rocky that's Ford. what I mean I'm <laughs> still a bit of propaganda there is a little bit of propaganda to it absolutely fictional um, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, the deadline is for the following day on the Sunday. 
And NATO Western Command notes an increase in Warsaw Pact forces, the Warsaw Pact being the Soviet equivalent of NATO. Mm. So you had your USSR, then you had your, your Baltic States, your Polands, your East Germanys, they're all classed as the Warsaw Pact. Right, oh, sorry. And the MOD is sending more troops to Europe and the demonstrations really yeah. kick off in the streets. No war, no nukes. And the most telling point, and this, if this ever happens, this is the time you need to start changing your trousers. Right. Is when the government takes control of British Airways and all cross-channel cross ferries. Yeah. That is yeah. the, the point when you need to go, uh, something's going to go down here. Right. Because when they're doing that, they say, we're going to need to move a lot of people very mm -hmm. quickly to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So that okay. is, uh, I'll give you a hint there. You hear that happening? Uh, I won't know about it. I'll be on my PlayStation. <laughs> it might they might get some kind of message across blissfully unaware until then like I said it goes off in my face that's a bright light <laughs> <laughs> uh, what the hell shit so then we go to the following day Sunday May 22nd uh, more anti-nuclear demonstrations breaking out counter protests against people not wanting to be nuked right yeah there's always one yeah <laughs> I do like the line the lady says during these protesty bits and the speeches, you see. It's just common sense. It's a good line. You can't win a nuclear war. Yeah, absolutely if both true. both sides are firing, have you? You, you can't you win. You can't win. No. <laughs> we'll all be dead. Mutually assured destruction. Yes. And that did keep the peace for a long time. Mm. Well, it kind of still is, isn't it, I guess? Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's keeping the nuclear peace. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, what a crazy fucking policy. Yeah, basically. I mean, it's even called mad. It, well, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> not mother's name, isn't it? And not mothers against drink driving. Uh, I know it's mental, but it as long it's as bad. it works, <laughs> as long as it works, it's fine, isn't it? Because it, it is sort of the ultimate deterrent, isn't it? So look, as soon as you fire them things at us, it doesn't fucking. You're fucked. The minute you make that choice, mate, you're it's suicide because you are fucked as well. We will. Mutually assured destruction. We'll yeah. fire fucking two the second we know they're in the air. So it would kind of work, doesn't it? It's kind of like... Yeah. It does unless you get a maniac. Like Kim, but then our hero died. Or, or General uh, Jack D. Ripper in, or, um, in Doctor Strangelove. Okay, I still... Yeah, I need to check it. I know, it's one of those oh, classics probably going to be a future episode, yeah. yeah. Um, Donny Baby. Trumpy Baby. Oh, Sir yeah. Donald. Donald the peace lover. I love this. I've been absolutely loving it because I mean I still I know he's a Only because he's, he's your dad. I know he's a hey, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's a cunt, my old my old man. But he is bringing about world peace and his mental tactics where you wind the little fucker up, insult him, basically slap him and say, what the fuck are you gonna do? And then say, Well look, put your arm around him, we don't wanna fall out, do we? You're alright. And then you say nice things about him you... and peace. Imagine mm -hmm. the fucking Republican response if Obama saluted a North Korean general. World like peace, Trump baby. Did. World peace. Can you imagine the fucking outpouring? Of well, the, the news in America, all the mm. corporate news, is against this. Really? Honestly, because they're fucking warhawks, aren't they? Well, yeah, I suppose. They're owned by companies that invest in the weapons. Because well, we know also, Donald is, unbelievable, is advised by Alex Jones, so he's... <laughs> He knows world peace, man. It is worth pointing out that and this thing has been glossed over the right wing press is that Kim managed to get the US to stop doing military drills with the South Koreans, and in exchange for yeah, we'll stop blowing shit up and we'll stop testing nuclear weapons, maybe. Well, they can't look. test them anymore because where they tested them, 
It's actually inside a mountain that's caved in. Well, so look. they can't really, they haven't pretty good need another test site, so it's like, well, we know they work. We'll be alright for a bit. All teasing aside, am I being completely naive and thick in thinking that him going over there and being mates with him is better than threatening to blow him each other up? Isn't well, it, it? Is. Course it is. It's a good thing, isn't it? It is. Even if he's a cunt, Mr. Trump, yeah. him shaking hands and making peace you know, with I, them I is good. Much faith that it'll last. Right. How can you say that about your dad on Father's hey, Day? Because I'm realistic. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll give him credit where credit's due, man. You know. Sir Donald. Saint Donny. Saint Donny, baby. It, gonna, 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 maybe. Add a fourth saint to the show. <laughs> we'll wait and see. You can't have the holy quadruplets, can we? Trumpy baby. Yeah, you know. I, I just think it's cool that he's... You know, I think people should be eating a bit of humble pie and being like... Ah, Big silly bastard's gone and done a good one. Well, we'll see. He's, yeah, it's great, it... shouldn't he? But mm. the news corporations are, are fucking Not having it. digging into him. Uh, well. They're saying he's capitulated to a mm. dictator. Yeah. No, he threatened him down, basically. He shouted him down. They were both saying silly things, but Donald said the silly... The silly you know, imagine two, when two people don't really want to fight, but that you've said it a million times in the pub. Yeah. No yeah. one's holding them back. I'll have you, mate. I'll have you. Hold yeah. me back. Hold yeah. me back. No, all over. It's all yeah. bravado. Yeah, yeah. Got no, nobody's no actually to back it up. Kim eventually looked at Donald and went, "He'll fucking flatten me if this actually does go." But Donald is a little bit unsure. Yeah. This little crazy one. I mean, I should be able to knock him out. Easy, but he's a he's a fucking he's younger shifty than I am. little. He's younger than I am. Really? He's a little bit strong. He's been done a bit more exercise than recently. Not much, but yeah. Oh, I whistled in the mic. That's a bad thing to do. Sorry, listener. Um, yeah, he's a bit nuts. So in the end, nothing happened. He's no, come at him like a spider monkey. Yeah, and you've seen it a million times at the pub. Nobody hit anybody, and before you know it, they're slapping each other on the back. Yeah, they're having a pint together. But oh, I'm sorry, mate. You know, you're all right, you aren't you? Yeah, I've just I've had you know what it's like. I get yeah, my head gets and I've had a few. Yeah, but the next week he gets pissed and fire bombs his car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen that. That's usually <laughs> fucking embarrassed me in front yeah. of everybody. Oh, you're pissed again, Billy. Calm down. You're fucking cunt. Trying to burn his car, the bastard. <laughs> or you think you'll just set his wheelie bin on fire and before you know it, you've murdered his family. Mm. Yeah. Well, we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the nuclear part, yeah. of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the um, the twelve noon US automatum expires. The automatum that says we'll go if you go. Right. Um, and at thirteen hundred, B fifty two bombers strike with conventional weapons on the Mossad base, which is a Soviet base which allegedly contains nuclear weapons. The Russians defend the base. With a nuclear-tipped anti-air defence, anti-sorry, an air defence missile, a nuclear-tipped air defence missile, and literally what I found out in my little five-hour dive into yeah. Soviet nuclear weapons of the eighties right. was that they will stick a nuclear weapon on anything. Okay. <laughs> there is nuclear torpedoes to deprive the enemy of ports, right. to blow the shit out of ships from miles away. Yeah. Uh, this, this particular Sounds missile sensible. Uh, was probably an ABM-1 uh, galosh, which is the NATO term. Packs a, ray, packs a uh, two to three megaton warhead. These are the mobile ones. These are used for everything from launching a, a, a first strike or a retaliatory strike to um, anti-air defence. Okay, so someone's firing a nuke at you and you fire a nuke at it. 
No, the B-52s are attacking with conventional weapons. They're just oh, going okay. up there with their payload of dumb bombs. And we and they fire and the a nuke at it. defend their base because it's strictly yeah. They fire an, a nuclear-tipped anti-aircraft missile, which goes up to the sky and goes boom and mm. takes everything out. And I it does like many B-52s are lost. Uh, I'll point out this this a megaton is a measure of strength of an explosion of bomb based on how many million tons of TNT would be needed to produce the same energy. So this is two to three million tons of conventional explosives in one little package. Just a little one. Fairly little. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. At fourteen hundred on the Sunday, two o'clock, if they usually not uh, imagine if it up with military timekeeping. Sorry, imagine if it fired 23 million tons of magic mushrooms. Oh, the world would be a lot better. <laughs> That's a Joe Rogan idea I, I stole. It's a good uh, one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 1400, the US responds with a single battlefield nuclear weapon on the Soviet base. Now, a battlefield nuclear weapon is probably about the same kind, probably a bit less than what they were firing mm. and it would have been airburst I would mm. imagine because airburst if you I'll go into the difference now I'll get it out of the way ground burst you're trying to destroy as much as possible and you're creating the maximum amount of fallout you're letting it off virtually at ground level mm -hmm. it goes out all the debris that's created is sucked back up mm. that's how you get your fallout nuclear it's wind magnificent sight isn't it the mushroom planet. It is. That um, Zar bomb I, I watched was um, terrifyingly beautiful watching that go off. It was immense. It was the mushroom. Oh, well, well, yeah. Um, and next week, you're going to sit over there and record from behind a cage. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I was thinking that. Why? <laughs> beautiful nuclear bomb. Beautifully terrifying. You weren't jerking off while <laughs> <laughs> just were you? Maybe once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wasn't. No, I liked it. Like not wearing, much a, wearing a welder's mask. No, no, I was wearing a full NBC suit <laughs> and respirator. But it wasn't full because there was a hole for your car. <coughs> I just done it in the trousers. <laughs> Popped it out. Plastic lying, guys, it's wiped clean. I, just, I mean, I do get. I'm, I'm being silly. I do understand what you mean, but it's like. Oh, I, I don't think they're pretty or beautiful. They're just. fucking horrible, aren't they? It's like, oh, oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> the, the effects are. But mm. bearing in mind all the stuff, the, the demonstrations I watched weren't landing on cities, they were just in the mm. desert or the Soviet mm. tundra. So it's a visual, Did you find it's a yourself, feast, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Did you find yourself imagining whilst watching these, because I've seen them in documentaries and things, you try and imagine that being in the middle of a city and what that No, I, I didn't, doing. I was just uh, like, uh, well, I'll tell you what, when this is mm. finished, I'll mm. sh we'll, we'll put the, the, the no, Tsar okay. bomb. Uh, but okay. when that goes off, which is the, the 60 meg, 50 megaton, potentially 100 megaton bomb the Soviets developed as a bit of a middle finger to the US. I don't want to see that. And when that goes off in the in the midst of the Soviet tundra, it is actually, mm. um, you know, ah. mm. not something I want to see going off near me, but um, yeah. still. Anyway, so the US has responded to the single battlefield nuclear weapon on the Soviet base and the exchange stops at that point. And as I pointed out, the, the church seems pretty full at this point. <laughs> a lot of people in there. Yeah. Uh, demonstrations turn violent and the police are called in to assume control and arrest the... Uh... Can I just say, I wonder what happened to the, the guy with the sandwich board? Mm. Oh, the end is now. Yeah. He's, where's he? Where's he, didn't, he? I didn't see him once in this film. Well, his sandwich board probably caught fire and burnt <laughs> no, his <laughs> fucking face off. <laughs> all the bombs, 
He's going to be feeling pretty small. <laughs> I didn't waste my life. You see, you bastard. I told you. As he's uh, burnt to death by his own sandwich yeah. board. Then he's burnt to death. Yeah. yeah. His own sandwich board. Yeah. Bless him. Yeah. yeah. They will be pretty smug, them yeah. fucking guys, won't they? Unless you they survive. Imagine yeah. that. Told you. Didn't know, told you. <laughs> They're like, yes. <laughs> if he ran a board saying the end was nice. Yeah. Told yeah. you so, motherfuckers. Can we wait the film? <laughs> um, yeah, so there's diplomatic attempts to, uh, to mediate the situation. But at this point, we're starting to get shortages of food. People are panic buying. There's fuel shortages hindering a resupply. Shops are increasing prices, and then the film that woman goes in. Oh, these these peas are only only twenty p yesterday. Now they're forty. And he's like, oh, you don't like it? You can piss off, can you? Basically, basically yeah. it's, it's called predatory capitalism. Yeah, and it is a thing. In hurri mm. when Hurricane um, Katrina went off, mm. bumped up oh. prices. It's it makes I understand it in a business terms, but morally, obviously, it's fucking ridiculous. Made, it is, but back to that line of well, it is desperate. Evil. And they, they're probably going to die because you want to make a bit of an extra buck. Yeah, and the thing is, what's your money going to yeah. do for That's you? That's the this thing, point? the irony of it is, back to that line, yeah. money had no meaning. Yeah. It was all pointless anyway, because yeah. what's it fucking so worth? Him jacking up the price of beans 100% yeah. is not going to fucking do him any favours in the future, is no. it? Unless he can buy a nuclear shelter with the profits. Not in the time he's got. Not in the time he's got. No, so it's all fucking. It's making it's all, all these. It's moot, is what it is, sir. Moot. <laughs> it's, it's making all these preppers who buy Alex Jones's fucking products seem less mental, isn't it? I yeah, mean, in a way. Well, actually, no, because I don't. I don't want to survive. I do not want to be one of the ones rebuilding in the fucking nuclear wasteland. I don't want it. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to it, but yeah. I, I don't want to be one of them. <laughs> Yeah. I want the window to explode in my stupid fucking face and that's the last thing I see. Unless of course you're just blinded and survive, in which case you've got an even worse future. I won't survive. I won't survive. Well, that will save the raiders taking your eyes as I won't be the hiding. the post-apocalyptic future. I, uh, that's one thing, but I won't be... I'll take I, his ball still. Oh, yeah. I won't be hiding under the mattresses, in any wardrobes, in a bath. I'll be out <laughs> in the front lawn... In my pants, on my knees, just come on, please. I want the first wave to do this. I want to be, like you said, sucked back up in the debris. I want to be up there in the mushroom oh, cloud. You just sit on well, pieces of you. Yeah. If your charred Ashes. remains would be. Yeah, that's what Because you'd go full Sarah Connor. Like yeah. yeah. And that, again, mm. very realistic description of a mm. nuclear blast. That's how I want to go. Like a wisp in the wind. You'll see my thumb, the last thing, my charred thumb. Is this an Infinity Wars? And you just <laughs> yes, that's how I'm going to go. Guys, it's a radioactive fireball hotter than the sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'll be quick. It's not going to be like, you know, You'll putting the sausages in the oven. Yes, I will. <laughs> oh. if, there's a, if you're behind, a, you need to be behind a wall. I'm Mike with his baguette. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so you need to go like that. Yeah, holding your two thumbs the up. The shadow will be... The shadow will be on the, on the wall. I'll be on the lawn, on my knees, both thumbs in the air. I had a good life. I'd fucking end it. <laughs> Quickly. And Mike's got a baguette between his legs next <laughs> to you. I want to get your head. <laughs> if you're on your knees. As long as you're both dead. That's the last thing anyone will know. In future generations, I'll go to that wall and go, 
Was he sucking him off? I don't care. He's got a massive cock. As proved by the film, they won't have the fucking language to process that. They'll be, they won't understand cave paintings. They're fucking morons. But it, might, it might bring a smile to the survivors, otherwise grim dark. I won't care. Life. I want to die in the first wave. Right, That's well, how this film made me feel. Well, Thank well, you, Mike. We're getting closer well, to it. Who's... Whoever picks the next film, for fuck's sake, can uh, it be a comedy? I believe that's you, actually. It's your turn. For, for the next film. For the eight yeah. episodes or so. We're doing Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, the US and the Russia have started fighting conventionally at sea, which is where these things tend to kick off. Right. The government brings in the Emergency, Pow- Emergency Powers Act. The public relations remain calm, but looting does start. Tuesday, May 24th. People are starting to leave the cities and Jimmy's next-door neighbours, Jimmy's parents' next-door neighbours, are going off to live with their uh, relative in the country, essentially. Thinking, well, they won't bomb there, will they? Well, they won't bomb the countryside. In the meanwhile, to the news, the Russians cut roads and air links into West Berlin at the time, remember? There was the Berlin Brigades, British, French and American Brigades stationed in West Berlin, okay. behind Soviet lines. And the Soviets do say, if you want... We'll let you go. Mm. Just fuck off. Okay. But you're surrounded. There's no need for you to die here, effectively. Right. Mm. Um, about 12,000 men, roughly, soldiers, mm. tanks, stuff like that, three brigades worth. Mm. Play a bit more, the Americans will have a few more in there. Uh, at this point in Britain, we've got the military vehicles on the streets, and local authorities are given the power to suspend certain peacetime functions and requisition property and material for civil defence. Take so there might be a curfew in place, military, uh, you know, the military on the streets, uh, the mm. shit's starting to hit the fan, but it's caused, it's a precautionary move and no cause for alarm. That's it, uh, slaves keep working, just yes. in case the false alarm, keep working. Keep calm and carry on, yeah, until well. of course the US carrier Kitty Hawk gets sunk in the Persian Gulf and at that point all shit breaks loose right. in the film because... They don't like lose. They've never lost an aircraft carrier like that. One of the mm. big nuclear-powered ones. Mm. That would cripple the American psyche. Losing one of them big boys, mm. especially the ones now all the named after the presidents. Mm. Yes, one day there will be a USS Donald Trump. Saint Trump. You have to wear wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Formal dress. Yeah, dress. Dress uniform big... for the ship is a blonde wig. No, the actual, <laughs> the actual ship will just have a big rubber wig. <laughs> <on the> <laughs> SSS Trump. Uh, little hands come out the side. <laughs> <laughs> flippers. Little hand flippers. No, all the guys who control the planes don't have them um, wavy glow sticks. They have big little foam little hands, hands on. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Light up. Waving the ship. Waving them in. <laughs> tiny little hands on sticks. <laughs> Illuminated. Are you going to join if you've got a micro penis? <laughs> oh, I see. No, sir. Notice, sir. Ensign, uh, whatever your name is, your. Uh, your penis is a micro penis. USS Donald Trump for yeah, you. <laughs> no, it's not. Get a ruler, sir. I swear. No. It's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> As he's been dragged up. It's a grower, not a shower. Here's your hat. Here's your Donald Trump wig hat. And your little hands on sticks. Off your fuck. 
be no good though, he's shit full of little dick cowards. <laughs> exactly. Well, they're not cowards, they're already there, they've just been assigned to that. Because they're the size cowards, they've got little dicks. <laughs> we all know that. We kind of keep on That's why I'm so fucking brave. No, he was. <laughs> he Trump was. was a coward. No, he was rich. That's how you got to be. He was now. a coward. He was a cowardly rich man. He's yeah, a coward, really. thank you. Well, yeah. Alright, okay, well. <laughs> The USS Kitty Hawk's gone down. I don't anyway. know if that has anything to do with the micro penis. <laughs> I don't know, Mike. Maybe your next side is you mean penis size and bravery. Are they related? <laughs> it's, a, it's a study. You'll get a grant to do the study. You have to go around measuring the cocks of cowardly men and then brave Start men. Fights with them. <laughs> yeah, see how cowardly they are. <laughs> and after they beat the show, excuse me, before you leave, sir. Come look at your car. In the, yeah, in the name of science. <laughs> yeah, Could you whip they, out your John Thomas? As they, as they just piss into your face. <laughs> <laughs> and he's measuring it. I've got to get there with my measurements. <laughs> Ten inches, oh, fucking hell. I've been the wrong one there. How about you, medical attention? After I locked myself into needing a piss, the universe. Oh, we're back. Hello. Um, so, um, hospitals at this point are being cleared for expected casualties. Roads leading to Wales and the West Country are heavily congested, and fuel shortages for the public. Emergency powers are given. Key points are guarded. So, rail and transport links, yeah. food warehouses, things like that, are all now under sort of military and armed police jurisdiction. Yeah. And known and potential subs- subversives arrest are arrested. Wow. So, Mike, you're getting arrested. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like. But on the plus side. Hang on. <laughs> well, you're the one ranting about the government on a podcast. You're getting rounded up, mate. Yeah, you hippie. Why, why did they arrest the. Uh, because you don't subversive. want people speaking out, mm. causing more civil unrest. Ah, okay, I got you. When, when you're already bringing in like, curfews and military on the streets. It is a bit of a breach of your civil rights, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they don't that's mean what shit they it, when the nukes fall. That's why they're calling it emergency powers. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's Martial the, law. that's the point to start to panic at that point. Well, hang on, emergency powers? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Probably should really should start getting that water bottled. Mm. Fuck. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to fill the garage with water bottles and tins of beans. I've done it. I did it months ago. Are you joking? No. <laughs> You're a prepper. Nah, but I have. I have. I do make sure that I've got a, a lot of tins in the cupboard. Fuck. Fair enough. I mean, I, I used I, to back at uni days, but that wasn't because I was scared of the nuclear well, yeah. war. That was because uh, I couldn't Cheap cook. Cheap food, I still eat it, but yeah. I couldn't cook. I've got an apocalypse cupboard, but it has not got 14 days' worth of food. No, in. I don't think it's 14 it's, days. It's, it's, I might have, like, three days' worth of canned food in that apocalypse cupboard. I should always make sure that I've got enough mm. tins in the house. In case the... Well, case, yeah. In case the bums fall. But then again, wow. one one tin a day, mm. you know, you're not going to be going to town on stuff, are you? I mean, in, in the. Well, we'll, we'll see you later on. That's it for me. I need, what, 14 tins? If I have a tin a day, I'll keep me going. Yeah. You know? I think I've got 14 tins in the cupboard, you know. But there's four of us. That's what I mean. You need. You'll be having a quarter of a can each. Yeah. 50, 50 tins. Or you can just leave the children outside and. They can fend mm. for themselves. Exactly, in that nuclear waste. Like, they, they can catch radioactive rats, things like that. 
It'd be good for them, character building. Exactly. Seriously, yeah. well, I watched this film a few years ago, and yeah, it did make me think. Mm. And I've consciously got that in my mind now that I've stuck up on tins. I think the bottled water would be the well, one, I've wouldn't got, it? I've got a few bottles. Go to Aldi where it's cheap, get cases. Well, the first thing you do is fill the bath, fill mm. the sinks. But, but if your windows are gone, then you've got to keep. No, but I'm assuming that you've got at least thirty minutes enough to be able to fill some. Well, you well, there's so. that. What's the four minute warning? Wasn't it? I'm, I'm getting ahead a little bit, but on the, while we're on water, there's that little scene of the guy in the aftermath of the bum, where he finds a sink, turns the tap on, the water comes out, but it's just the water that was left in. Yeah. But in that moment where it's running, he's like, "Fuck, water!" Turns to get his teapot. Turns back round and it's gone. It's finished. It was just what was left in the mm. tap, and it's like fuck. Yeah, obviously it's it's not going to be a thing. There won't no. be water. So yes, bottles. But one of the bottles just melt in the heat. And well, I mean, you you know, well, it depends. If you're in the epicenter, you're dead anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is if you're on the outskirts, yeah. isn't it? Mm. And remember that when the bomb does drop on Sheffield, the first one, mm. it's twenty miles away. It's on the RAF base, so they're getting mm. the the shock wave and the blast, mm. but. Uh, if they're not killed by that, they just got the fallout. Mm. Oh, there's a great shot of uh, the road out of Sheffield, and the, mm. the way out was gridlocked, and there's a few cars still going in, and it reminded me of that wonderful line from Independence Day. Mm. Everyone's trying, well, I'll change it. Everyone's trying to get out of Sheffield, and we're the only schmucks trying to get in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very true. So, to be honest, you're a schmuck if you're ever trying to get into Sheffield. I jest, I jest. Yeah. I've never been there, I can't tell you. Can't tell so, you. I went to, actually went to a very good gig there at the Athletic Stadium. I saw the Chili Peppers and it was ace. Really? Yeah. I saw them once they were shot. I also saw a man get kicked in the face while he was laying on his back, uh, already knocked out on the pavement very late at night. Well. Yeah. Well, whilst I was what? sitting that, inside. Is that the local and, greeting? Whilst <laughs> I was, well, yeah, that's what I thought. I was actually very young. I had gone to visit Chris Bl I won't say the full name, but a friend from school, um, you'll remember him. But anyway, when we were about 16, his eldest brother was at uni in Sheffield and had a job as a security guard at um, the McDonald's. And me and our friend had uh, jumped on the train, gone on a road trip, train trip, you know, as young lads. Got there late, met him at the McDonald's, which was why we were there. All the doors were locked, the McDonald's was shut, and we were just looking out the window waiting for him to lock up. And we saw a street fight kick off, and yeah, 16 year old me saw an unconscious man get kicked right in the fucking head like a penalty kick, and I was fairly shocked and traumatised by this. Like, where the fuck are we? What have we <laughs> done, Beirut? Oh my god, it was so shocking. I was like, he was already out! Oh my gosh. You were in the resting parlance, so weren't you? So they couldn't have a steel chair to the head when they were already knocked out. It, yeah, that was an eye-opener, that one. I remember that, like, holy fuck, don't say anything to anybody in, in, in the city. <laughs> or anywhere, really. I was in Toxted in Liverpool. Mm. Yes. People I, throw stones at a taxi. <laughs> no shit. You've told me, didn't you see something pretty yeah. bad as well? Some guy on a, on a bike with a baseball bat mm. just pulled up some other guy, just threatened to hit him. Yeah. What the fuck? It's a, you know... But yeah, it's a you know, it's a hellhole out there. Cities are, are yeah. hellholes, all of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all of them. There's a bit. <laughs> there's a part in all cities. But eighties Thatcherite mm. Britain up north is mm. pretty grim, dark. Very grim. Um, anyway, so Wednesday, May the twenty fifth, 
There's growing evidence overnight there have been two nuclear explosions in the Middle East. Right. Unions call for a strike to put pressure on the government. Um, police snatch the speakers and a telling point as well is that art is being removed from the gallery. So you can save art, but you can't oh. save people. Mm. I did find that, that painting's that... worth mm. so many human lives. It's an interesting scene in filmmaking terms of the... Uh, it, you could see the sort of, I assume, the gallery manager and an employee sort of calmly taking these uh, works of art down off the walls, putting them on a trolley type thing, but you could hear outside the rioting chaos, mm. you know, and they were still in this calm, quiet gallery, you know. Um, and I do remember thinking, well, it's kind of pointless if it's all going to go to shit. Oh, well, maybe I didn't, I don't know, did I think that or looking back do I think that? Because I don't know if I realised, because I hadn't, I thought I might have seen this, but this isn't what I was thinking of this movie. I was thinking of the day after, I think, death the American one. You the know, day the one after, the day after tomorrow, there's the day is after. Is it called, it's not the modern Hollywood oh, it's thing, the day after, then, it's yeah, an sorry. American TV yeah. movie, similar type thing, but not quite as, that's what I was thinking of. I hadn't seen this, and I don't think I really <laughs> thought of how the levels of destruction we would get to shall we say, without getting ahead. Look, guys, it's about nuclear war. Yeah. <laughs> things, things blow up. Yeah, um, so, yeah. so saving the art... Saving the art. ...does seem slightly, when you look back on it... Well, it's, it's, you know, it's wonderful. Oh, yeah, let's save the art. I can see the, the, the value of it, because, mm. you know, you're nothing as a species without your collective achievements. Right? So I get that. Let's save some art. But at the same time... Let's save people first. Let's save people first. And secondly, if there's anyone left around alive... What's our art going to achieve? Apart from when the aliens show up to look over the blasted reservoir. Oh, look at that, we could paint. <laughs> well, yes, I, I thought it was a good scene, but ultimately pointless. Wasn't yes. Because those uh, Gary people, they're dead. Yeah. They ain't going to go down there with their artwork, are they? No, they're very dead. Actually, they might have a good seller down there. That's a possibility. You never know. But even then, they're fucked. They're dead. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Dad. But, uh, yeah, the chief executive of the city moves to the shelter, which is underneath the uh, council building. Mm. Emergency HQs are being set up and down, the, set up up and around the country in town halls and civil centres. And then this is where you start getting civil defence advice coming on the TV. There's a lot of footage of people crowding around the local. Yeah. And we were there, Comet probably in the eighties. No. <laughs> TV shop. Yeah. Rumbelows. Rumbelows or the TVs oh, yeah. in the country. Or wow. the TVs for sale. And when you hear the attack warning, you and your family must take cover at once. Do not stay out of doors, and if you are caught in the open, lie down. <laughs> now, I remember being given a very old NBC um, booklet when I was in the reserves, mm -hmm. and it was like a bit of a, it was one of them ones that was left from the 80s, and it was stunned, someone gave it me. Cold War. And it was a very Cold War, and um, one of the things was, should a nuclear bomb go off on you on the battlefield, Lie down with your head facing away from the blast and tuck your hands under your body. Huh. So that's like fire. Now, presuming you're even still in sort of mm. full-on NBC gear, that's your advice. That's not going to work. And I remember reading it and thinking, why don't you just fucking stand there and take it like you said? Cause... Fucked. Yeah. Because imagine if you didn't put your hands out, you survived, but your hands were out like that. You didn't tuck them under you like the advice. You ended up with like stumps. Well, yeah, no, I was going to say, worse than stumps, like the flesh is blasted off, but you've got these from the wrist down, like the skeleton just hangs oh. there. Oh, yeah, you've skeleton few, hands. With a, few nerve, with a few sinews holding it together. It's a nickname just... you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> Sinew hands. Skeleton. Just looking at your own useless fucking skeletal hands, like, fuck, why didn't I tuck them under my yeah. belly? 
God, I wish I'd died in the blast. <laughs> but to be fair, you'll bleed out fairly. You feel the flesh from your hands. Yeah, it's cauterised. It's oh, shit, intense yeah. heat. Yeah, it's... You're throwing out a skeleton. There's literally no fucking <laughs> hope in this situation at all, isn't there? Even my fucking skelly hands are going to keep me alive because they were cauterised. <laughs> uh, Bastards! <laughs> you maniacs! <laughs> you blew it up! I've got skeleton hands! <laughs> you can't even make a fist. <laughs> you can't, you just hold, you're clenching. They're flopping you're, around. You're flopping your own, you're trying to snap your own skeleton hands into position <laughs> so you can clench your fist and hold your arm up. <laughs> oh god! I'll be trying to snap it into a wanking grip. I don't have nothing else to fucking do. <laughs> Like, wouldn't you walk past some guy with a wanky skeleton? <laughs> Nothing else to do, mate. Nothing else to do. To be honest, I'd probably just try and avoid eye contact, <laughs> but nod at him in a sort of like, I know, mate. I know. I understand. Oh, I mean, like that God. dude from Pompeii. <laughs> <laughs> Wanking in the apocalypse. That's going to be a song. That was almost regular. <laughs> yeah, that's why I did it that way. Uh, anyway, so back to the film. Okay. Um, things are starting to sink in more now with the population. The people are starting to realise how serious this is going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, fire engines are deployed to safety, which I suppose makes sense. To protect them. Take all your fire engines away, because you might need them mm-hmm. again soon. You don't want them taken out in the first blast, do you? Nope. nope. Probably they'll never come back, because there's not enough fuel for them. That's not the point. There's some shiny fire engines stored somewhere. A lot of water in them. There is. And hunky yeah. firemen. <laughs> <laughs> So the firemen survive. They're not gonna fuck you. You got skeleton hands. <laughs> Unless one's got a kink for skeleton hands. <laughs> I always loved Skeletor as a kid. <laughs> Can you do the voice? Don't <laughs> 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 no, wank me off. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding a fire axe to my throat. <laughs> No, won't we all? <laughs> oh, do the laugh! <laughs> uh, oh, God. Oh, we do paint a lovely visual there. <laughs> this is like a, a, a word night- picture. A more nightmarish scenario. <laughs> it's well, still you- not as depressing <laughs> as this fucking film. <laughs> uh, oh, let's go to Thursday, May 26th. You know, I honestly kept thinking yeah. while I was watching it this morning, why am I doing <laughs> I'd said to Ben in a text, I can literally hear the sounds of joy and laughter coming from downstairs. It's like my missus and the kids are playing with all the birthday gifts that came yesterday, new toys. And there I am lying on the bed with my one earphone in. What's this? Why am I doing this? I think, <laughs> could I blag my way through it tonight? Possibly. Just read like the cliff notes, basically. You know, <laughs> no, I watched the entire nearly two hour depressing marathon. Thank you, Mike. But I feel it's important. It's public service, isn't it? Yeah. Because it is, like we said, the most scientifically realistic portrayal of the actual effects. Yeah. Of nukes. Experience to watch. Thank you, thank you for the experience. Yeah. Look what it's done to fucking Ben. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm contacting my council to ask what can I do as near a civilian bunker. He's gone like, full Alex. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you should never go full Alex. Uh, <coughs> oh, you've made us all painfully aware of our own mortality. I know that. Anyway, I my, couldn't help but this thing buried itself fragility. into my psyche. Man, the way it opens up, we didn't I even actually had a couple of dreams about it. It oh, was fucking... 
I did. I told you guys on a previous episode I had a nuke dream after because remember we discussed on a previous episode the windows coming in. Yeah. If they attack Birmingham, we're forty-five minutes away in Telford as we record, and you were telling me that the windows would come in. That buried its way into my psyche, and I had that dream of a bomb going off in the distance, and a bit like threads actually, a bit prophetic. It's a bit weird of just scratting around in the rubble, basically, just like, fuck, what was that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I understand, I do understand what's happened, but I was going to say something else, and I've lost it, but, um, yeah, oh, right at the start of the movie, yeah, the title, Threads, is explained, in a good bit of writing, it starts with a shot of the spider, doesn't it, weaving yeah. a web, and then explains how our entire society is essentially dependent upon these threads of supply and services, and yeah, people absolutely. providing things for each other but it's all incredibly fragile and as mm-hmm. a, soon as a few threads certain threads are starting to pull are pulled out or the other threads start to ping ping and lose their you know and start yeah. to break let's say society three, falls to pieces say we're three meals away from a revolution they? there you go yeah we're two days away from the fucking sky going out and for a revolution more like nowadays but we're a little bit further away from it thanks to Saint Donny baby oh, well. and his magical hair <laughs> You know, he tickled Kim's bumhole with his hair because it's it, he can command it with his mind. Can he? And he was like, Kim, if this don't convince you to calm the fuck down, nothing will. <laughs> Bend over and drop that weird pyjama suit thing you're wearing. Did you see that amazing video that he made for him? No. Did you well, see it? No. He made a movie trailer. Who? Oh, because Kim loves movies. Yeah. Donald made oh, a movie trailer. You have to watch it later, man. It's hilarious. Coming soon. The greatest movie. It's like, oh... I won't say anything, you have to watch mm. it, but it is brilliant. Okay. It's genius. Maybe we could watch it live on the show. Maybe. We'll see Part where we go. Or something. Anyway, we should really try and get yeah. through the plot of this movie. The bombs haven't even got off yet. No. Thursday, May 26th. <laughs> and then more, Spoilers! More advice than you would have. If anyone dies in your fallout room, <coughs> move the body to another room and label the body with name and address. Cheerful yeah. stuff. Why bother labelling it? Mm. Or bury it, didn't it say as well? Uh, it, yeah, and it, mark the... Yeah, mark the spot if you're going to bury it. And Essentially, it was Why? so... It's so Who gives good. a shit well, at that so point? They can, if there's anybody left at the end, they can find yeah. out. You know, trying to give you some... Well, this after, if the five days, they say. If mm. you've had the body in there for five days, mm. get it outside, bury it, mark the spot. Again... I don't see why. I mean, it was it. chilling. Well, we touched on it, it. Because <laughs> it's irradiated. <laughs> the Britishness, <laughs> the Britishness of this entire movie. You know, we were saying it makes it even more grim because it's set in the working class North. But it was kind of chilling. The um, sort of official voice, you know, the official government advice and the BBC voice, but being so blasé about. You know, having the body in your home, you know, well, it's the body of a yeah. fucking loved one, isn't yeah. it? It's like, please uh, cover the body in, you know, plastic paper yeah. or something. Essentially, yeah. telling Bin you bags, it's, it's going to go yeah. toxic and fucking kill you. Get it out of the house if you can. Wow. Yeah, imagine that coming from the Radio 4. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Would you, you'd at that point really start to be taking things extremely. You should be, yeah. shouldn't you? Well, radio, are, start, radio 4 starts talking like that. If yeah. the body has been in the home more than five days, you must remove the body and bury it inside and mark the grave. Yeah. But this is when people are starting to plan yeah. their refuge rooms and their inner rooms. Mm. And if you're lucky enough to have a basement, you've got to get a damn sight better chance of survival than you have yeah. living in a house without one. Um, more emergency powers are granted. 
and mm. non-essential phones are disconnected. So at this point, your house yeah. phone's gone. Yeah. It's non-essential. Non government's cutting you off. And yeah. I found the bit I found chilling, because as a driver, as a living, that's what I do, I may have mentioned before, uh, the bit where the policeman sort of tells them on the road, like, no, this road is for official yeah. only. Turn around, maybe you can get on this junction. If not, I, the advice is go home, mate. The police are literally telling you you're not free anymore. You're not free to drive where you want to drive. I found that very chilling because yeah, yeah. Um, you don't think of that when you watch the Hollywood version of this disaster movie and that. You don't think of the actual reality, do you, of the the government's official sort of bodies and those types of things just turning on the people essentially to protect yeah. themselves. The army and the, yeah. and the police. And the I'd have wanted to be in the army in this scenario because none of them mm. fuckers look like they're starving. Well, uh, well that's because really as we see, they're going around executing people and stealing their food. <laughs> But still, better mm. than scrounging a living in the streets. Uh, and still, both of those options, a lot worse than just dying in the initial blast. Yes. As I keep going back to. And I'm praying to, not God because I don't believe in him, but Alistair Crowley and his sex magic. <laughs> when I have orgasm in future, I will think of dying in the initial blast and then it will become <laughs> true. That's not an orgasm you want. Well, you know, at least oh, I'm not going to be scratted around so eating make, radioactive raw You're going to be making love to your beautiful lady. Yep. And at the moment of release, you're going to screw mm -hmm. your eyes tight yep. and visualise yourself dying in a nuclear fireball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, aren't you just... Wouldn't you arguably bring that into being for the rest of us who aren't be so lucky? Well, that's the power of my orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> and also, then you'll probably start sobbing uncontrollably. <laughs> or do you do that anyway? Well, sometimes. <laughs> he says that we've taken it badly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just spent five hours on a YouTube rabbit hole watching nuclear explosions. You're contemplating a whole future where every time you come, you're visualising dying in like, a nuclear fireball. It's not that weird. Hear me out. You know in movies when someone ejaculates... You know, they can't show it, so they usually show like a sequence of fireworks. Yeah, and all that stuff. But just change that imagery for A bums going off and mustard crowd. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's it's great, it's magic. <laughs> okay. <Moving on>. <laughs> <laughs> Take your word for it. <laughs> Leona. Did you shout mushroom last night? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Take me down and be a fireball. I don't want skeleton hands. Skeleton hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's how that goes. And uh... Well, you'll know because you'll get a fucking nuke in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So will everyone Unless else. Unless I get called back up to the reserve and put in a nuclear and put in a bunker. Ah, and then you go around shooting children oh. so you can eat their beans. I've always got that option, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have options. Anyway, them beans are for me. <laughs> Those little fuckers can't We've even forgot speak your ruling class now. <laughs> Officer <laughs> class. Those little fuckers can't even speak properly at this point. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's like a, they're basically a mutant, yes. Yeah. Basically a mutant. And as you hold the gun to their temple, you say, what are you going to cook them on, you daft fucking gun? <laughs> kadoosh! Kadoosh! And then, There's only five, two rounds at that range. Well, you're a sick fuck, so you would do it anyway, wouldn't you? <laughs> I was going to eat them cold. <laughs> kadoosh! <laughs> well, I've got a cooker. <laughs> exactly, back at the barracks, fucking gas, on tap! Kadoosh! Kadoosh! Yeah, you'd be one of them, you jack-booted fascist. <laughs> Only joking. 
<laughs> Not really, though, eh? Well, yeah. <laughs> There's a greater truth. Well, no, I'm, I'm just, pointing, just pointing out that, you know... Well, you're the only one of the three of us who's going to be actually recruited, because what the fuck... Me and Michael got no history with the That's army. True, yeah, so they'll probably call me up again, so... Unless it happens after 45... Mm. I'm on the reserve list and I'm 45. I'm really hoping nothing kicks off for them. Well, that's not looking likely, Ben. You've got fucking no. 10 years on to go, haven't you? Yeah, 10 years, yeah. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at this point, this is where the attack phone rings. And it is literally Brown Trousers time. Yep. There's nukes in the air. The sirens start to wail. And at 0835, a single warhead explodes high above the North Sea. Energy pool, the energy pulse, the AMP, mm-hmm. burns out most of the electrical systems. You see the communications cables exploding yeah. and things. Like and it affects the North Sea oil rigs as well, of course. They'll all be yeah. powerless and... Oh, they'd probably explode, wouldn't they? Possibly major fires caused on those. Well, probably. Massive damage to communications across Britain and Northwest Europe. And then at 0837, the first missile silo hits NATO military targets. Sheffield is included because of the RAF base, and literally every window in the city is gone. The winds howl through, and a mushroom cloud spirals into the sky. The crowd is still running around. There's a great shot of a woman who literally just pisses herself yeah. onto the street. Yeah. Completely understandable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the sirens are wailing. Them sirens at this point haven't been heard for 40 years. Yeah. And this is actually another point that I wanted to find out from the council. It's like, well, what early warning system have you got? Are we uh, a Facebook update? Yeah, is it going to be a Facebook update? Are you going to text Hashtag me? apocalypse, smiley face. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck, winky face. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't prepare this, and then that little, that little blushing face. Uh, Oh. So was you and, then, and then the poo. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be a little mushroom cloud emoji. Yeah, the one. That's what it'll be. Yeah. Oh man. And it's then somebody it. writes, inbox me, hun. <laughs> you okay, hun? Do you want to talk about you it? You okay, hun? No, the no bomb's one's gonna can well, we pause it there? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we are back. So uh, we've left with the first missile salvo hitting NATO military targets. Um, what was the yield? Um, 80 megatons fall on the UK in that first exchange. There's 80 million tons worth of explosives. Uh, a mushroom cloud spirals in the sky in the distance of Sheffield. Um, the civil defence staff are trying to frantically plot the attacks, the blast radius, ground or airburst, and blast yields are estimated, but communications are pretty fucked, in all fairness. And um, mm. they can't really get through even on radio, because that will mm. be disrupted by the EMP given off by the nukes. Ah, yeah. Really. Jimmy's family are desperately trying to reinforce the refuge room, which has a window at the back of it, which is not the best place for a refuge room. No. Um, Commander controllings fail. Jimmy desperately tries to get to Ruth, but it ain't happening. His car won't start, and you never see him again. Yeah. No. He's um, he tries to make it on foot, and he's never seen again. Yeah. Bless him. Uh, the nuclear exchange escalates to priority economic targets: communications, energy, steel, and chemicals. Which, if you're not familiar, Sheffield has mm. the last three and four. Well, the last four in abundance. Mm. Um. 
The main blast hits residential areas and people begin to burn from the heat before the blast wave hits. Houses literally just explode. Yeah. So I'll tell you what happens when a bomb drops. Yeah. This is a hundred kiloton. The first three kilometers, a radioactive fireball hotter than the sun. Yeah. Everyone wow. dead. Okay. Five kilometers, the majority die from blast injuries, asphyxiation, or radiation sickness. Yep. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. 10 kilometres, 50% die from trauma or burns. Wow. Others to fire and radiation sickness. And 80 kilometres. Wow. Radioactive fallout spreads, thousands die from radioactive sickness and later on <coughs> cancers. Sorry. Yeah, I've so, got the um, symptoms wow. of radio radiation sickness on later on. The old east-west exchange is um, 3,000 megatons. Okay. Which is light compared to what could have happened. It's still enough to fucking... Oh, it's very, yeah, it's still enough to fucking... But it's limited in a way. Mm. Oh, good, I I think um, I said megaton, didn't I? So yeah. 100 kiloton. This oh, kiloton. Well, the um, an average of uh, 550 to 800 kiloton warheads, the Soviet SS-25 would have been the Soviet Union's weapons of choice. They were the ones you could mount on the trucks, as we said earlier. Um, depending on ground burst or air burst is... Um, Depending on damage done and fallout, an air burst gives off less fallout than a ground burst. Right. Air burst is what you use if you want your guys to go in and mop up later on. Okay. So, but these are probably ground bursts because they're not going to well, invade just, what's left. And they destroyed the whole. Scene. And they know that they're getting some back as well. Let's face it; it's, it's an exchange. Mm. Now, potentially, I found on Nuke Map. Um, 32 of these missiles landing on Britain would render the island uninhabitable. Oh. So each one of these has 550 to 800 kilotons of destructive force. 32 of them, this country is a radiation blasted wilderness. Like only, in the movie. Only the rich surviving in their bunkers and yeah. very few other people. So i say what they say officially. Yeah. A, th a thousand nuclear weapon war which is only 5% of global stockpile, yeah, yeah. would render the planet uninhabitable. A billion at risk from famine, and modern civilization ends with 100 Hiroshima-sized weapons. With a limited nuclear war, we'll have 10% less sunlight, sudden global cooling, shorter growing seasons, increasing food prices, millions starve, infectious disease epidemics, yeah. conflict over scarce resources, course and if all the global nuclear arsenal was used it'd be a 45 percent global reduction in rainfall average surface temperature cools minus seven to minus eight and the last ice age is minus five wow mm. um according to um nuke map so um telford yeah. Right. We've oh, got, sweet home. We've got a population of about uh, pushing two hundred thousand now. Okay. So if one of those banged down smack in the centre of Telford, mm -hmm. you're looking at an estimated twenty six thousand four hundred thirty instant fatalities, with forty four thousand injuries. Those aren't the fallout effects taken into account. Fireball radius will be two point four five kilometres. The air blast radius six and a half kilometers, and third degree burns radius eleven kilometers. So take the centre town, the town centre, mm. um, shopping centre in the middle, smack in the middle of Telford. 
Well, we're dead straight away because mm. we're quite close to that. Mm. Where I live, I'm dead. Guys, you're a bit further out. You might just get the air blast radius, but six kilometres out. Uh, I'm right by the military. Uh, oh, that'd be taken out first, wouldn't it? They'd go to the shopping centre, wouldn't they? They'd go no, the I'm, I'm just taking it as after the they landed after the military second. target's taken ah. out. They go on the secondary target. Gotcha. So uh, we've got quite a bit of industry centred around the shopping centre in that sort of region. Yeah. So, guys, you you're getting taken out in the first blast, mate. Well, that's what I want. Oh, that's um, a surface blast. That was an airburst. A surface blast, you go higher, 69,000 casualties straight away, 49,000 injuries, but a slightly smaller fireball aegis, uh, fireball air blast and radiation radius. But you're still getting burns at nine kilometres out. Mm. But still, we're all dead. <laughs> <sighs> um, you know, in the film, two thirds of homes are within the fire zones. Flaming houses, rubble, firestorms, and winds. Survivors will be trapped under rubble, and at this point, fallout is imminent. Firefighting and rescue attempts are unlikely because of the massive radiation that's been given out. And everything's rubble. There's yeah. no roads. So what? No, yeah. No yeah. clear paths. No, you can't get to where the fire yeah. is. Although they, that buildings. might act as a blessing because the you know, rubble streaming might act as fire breaks, which might stop yeah. it spreading. It could be a good thing. Nuclear fallout, have we discussed what that is? No, go on. Tell us, Ben. What well, is nuclear that fallout? Is all the um, my ground burst mm-hmm. and, and an air burst, to a lesser extent, all that dust and dirt and mud and rubble and wreckage has been vaporised yeah. into small particles is then blasted up into the air as part of the mushroom cloud yeah. and then settles a couple of days later. It becomes radioactive, becomes radioactive because of all the unused mm. radioactive isotopes and uh, then flutters back to earth and you breathe it in and it gets into the food and the water. and mm. Fantastic. Yeah. It stays Burns contaminated the off the for two cat. weeks. Yeah, you've got, two, you've got 14 days effectively. Before the um, fallout. Yeah, what do you call it, decays? Mm. Mm. Fourteen days to it. That's why you've got fourteen days worth of food and everything. But what's the you point? You can't go outside for fourteen days. Can you imagine sitting there eating your fucking cold beans? Well, you've got to go outside if someone's dead in there. They've been there for more than five days. You've got to no, go you took you them outside. Been outside, didn't you? Well, you just chuck them, didn't you? I'm not I, I ain't hanging around digging a hole for them, am I? I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to prolong my. Look. I don't know. Just eat your cold beans, looking out the window at the rubble. Well, you're not looking at a window. You shouldn't be anywhere near a window. No. Yeah. God. I've you're got an airing cupboard. That's all I've got. Eating your cold beans in the air. What sort of life is that? Your cat with all its burnt off. Two weeks. Uh, the cat scratching your face off while you sleep after a fortnight because it's already it's gone stir crazy. Well, what, what choice have you got? Let the cat out. But saying that, I've is got. That, yeah, is that asphyxiate sort of, yourself? Well, you just got to think you're going to survive for 14 days. Well. I'm going out with an, affi- an asphyxia wank. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a fucking extension cable. That's what I'm going out with. <laughs> I'm going to tie to the back of the door handle and the brunt of the country. <laughs> Just hang myself off it and jack off and hope that I die. I'm going out happy at least. And then three, Michael three, Hutchins. And then like, going out Michael Hutchins style. Three weeks later, when the recovery crews and the, the yeah. government's actually got its shit together, and they come round to rescue everybody and put us on the magical life ships that we didn't know about. And, and, then, <laughs> and then Ben's still erect corpse with his head against the fucking yep. wardrobe door. 
and a very skinny dog because I'm not leaving him outside. A very skinny oh, blindfolded dog. dog. Oh, I'm not watching no. him watch me wank. <laughs> the poor dogs. Oh, that's um, the thing, pets as well. I mean, we, mm. I mean Mike's going you know, to take me cat in the airing cupboard. Eventually, mm. that Chester's going to go stir crazy and scratch the shit out of you. And then you've got your dead lips. Then, then you've got infection to worry about as well as everything else. Mm. Well, he's oh. <laughs> got a cat box. Stick him in there. <laughs> <laughs> you love that. <laughs> Oh, so yeah, every sort of five minutes, every yeah, as if, gonna, as if you're going to get him back into that cat box. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, right, so um, back to the film. The civil defence bunker is in complete disarray. Phones and radios are dead or static. City's in ruins. But Ruth, Ruth's parents drove a basement, and that does increase your chance of survival. The civil defence bunker is getting sporadic radio reception from the police, but he's but they're they're trying to say let's get out there and try and help mm. people, and he's like, well, no, you can't. The radiation's too strong. You can't get out there. And uh, an hour and twenty five minutes after the attack, the first fallout dust settles on the city. Yeah. This level attack has broken most of the windows in Britain, and most roofs are also gone. Hmm. The survivors are starting to get most, radiation. Just take a moment to uh, comprehend that. Most windows in Britain. Mm. Not a specific city, just every city, every town, every village. All the windows blown in. Yep. Roof's gone. Fuck. That's devastation on a scale that I don't really mm-hmm. want to. Hiding in the bath's not going to achieve it. The Japanese much, were, uh, actually suffered through in yeah. 1945. Of course. Yeah, but come on. This is us we're talking about. We're special. <laughs> yeah. They put great in front of the Britain. With Those great Japanese, they knew what was coming when they wouldn't surrender. Like. Uh, yeah. It ended the war, didn't it? I don't what know what did. Well, it unleashed the nuclear cost? genie from the bottle, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You should have said that like a Hollywood movie, Mike. But what cost? <laughs> looked yeah. off into the distance. But I do maintain that, oh. you know... End of the war, I mean, well, might kill 500,000 Japanese, but we're estimating a million casualties on the a million casualties on the day of the invasion. And maybe better than they die than we die is what they would have been thinking. Maybe perversely, in a weird way, that might actually be true, but not not necessarily nice, is that having dropped those bums, we've got an idea of the effects, and that's what stopped anyone dropping any tints yeah. on people. Can anyway. this video? Tell you a couple well, can I give you these symptoms for radiation poisoning? Yeah. And then we'll play it. Um, nausea and vomiting, spontaneous bleeding, and that is from every orifice, the nose, the mouth, the gums, the rectum, oh, Jap's eye. Fingernails. I said Jap's eye, we're doing a bit here with <laughs> Um Bloody diarrhoea, slowing off of skin, as in, you might have a bit of a scratch and mm, then a chunk it all out. comes off. Oh, Jesus. Um, hair loss. I haven't got much to worry about there myself. <laughs> hey. um, severe fatigue and mouth ulcers. So I won't look like Donald Trump's son anymore. No, you won't. Well, face me. We found some well, hope. Well, you have fake. skeleton hands. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you have tiny hands. Don't take away the one <laughs> bit of hope we've had, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you saw it facially. No flesh, but I won't look like it's uh, hey, tell me I look like Donald Trump's son. Who's laughing now? Well, should we yes. listen to a Hiroshima survivor's 
Yeah. Harrowing account. Why not? <laughs> Why not? It's been pretty it, harrowing it, so far. It, it's been a total joy fest, yeah. <laughs> well, like you say, this is the only evidence we have. Yeah. So. Okay. At 8 a.m., uh, we started the morning uh, assembly. The major who was responsible was girls, a group of uh, 30 girls, uh, giving us the pep talk. You girls, you got the sufficient training. This is the day you start, you know, demonstrating your loyalty to the emperor. Do your very best. We said, yes, sir, we will. And at that moment, in the window, I saw the bluish white flash all over. And the next thing I remember is just floating up in the air. The blast generated by the detonation was flattened all the building in the city and uh, the building I was in was falling. When I regained the consciousness, I found myself in the total darkness and silence. I tried to move my body, but I couldn't, so I knew I was faced with death. Then, suddenly, I started hearing my classmates' voices, Mother, help me. God, help me. Uh, brother, I'm here. So I knew I was surrounded by my friends. Bits In the dark, I just crawled out. And I managed to come to that opening. And two other girls managed to come out. So three of us, about, out of about 30 girls. And the woman's hair was just standing up, upwards. And everybody was covered with blood and burned and blackened and swollen and skin and the flesh were hanging from their bones. Parts of the bodies were missing. Some were carrying their own eyeballs. Oh my God. Carrying their own eyeballs. We have waited 70 years. That's how I feel. And it's too long, too dangerous. The, uh, the sooner we get rid of them, the safer the humanity would be. Oh, he's got a point. Yeah, fucking holding your own eyeballs. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Who's doing that shit? People who sneeze with their eyes open. Yeah, true. Is that just a myth or is I that... don't know. Apparently so. It got something to do the pressure. It I believe, can, yeah. I believe it to be true when I was at I've school. I've heard it, yeah. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that. I've never tried to do it, in all fairness, out of the fear that my eyes will pop out. Yeah, uh, well, that was harrowing, and yeah. as we've joked, uh, our jokes were kind of true, that yes, your flesh would be hanging off, bits of you would be missing. Um, wonderful. Yeah, and this sort Just, of Damocles yeah. hangs over our head. Yeah, but like I said, I suppose in a sick, perverse way, it's, you know, those Japanese people's horrific suffering is probably the reason why I hopefully will never have to experience what happens in Threads. Although you've now got me... The fact that you went down the rabbit hole, Ben, and got freaked out by this one, it's usually me. This might make you laugh. Quote, quote from my lovely lady, Leora. Right. 
I explained to her what the film was and the fact that it's notoriously one of the most depressing movies there is. And, um, you know, I've got, I've left it to the last minute. I need to fit it in this weekend somehow. Yeah. And um, she's like, are you sure you want to watch it on your own? You know you do get upset. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I was hoping she'd just say, well, if that's stalwart Ben, just, <laughs> just, just freaked out by this. See, but my point was... Then, you, then you're going to freak the fuck out, my, yeah. my love. <laughs> that's the, that was basically what she was saying, yes. But the fact that you have went down the rabbit hole and the fact that Mike's revealed now that he does actually make sure there are tins in the cupboard in case the fucking nukes fall... You know every time I open the tin cupboard, I'm going to think there should be more in there. And next time we go and do the weekly shop, Leona Beef's going to be like, that, that's a lot of all-in-one breakfasts. <laughs> in fact, it's 306 you, cans. You know I'm going to live on all day for breakfast in the apocalypse. You know You're living that. like an apocalypse king. <laughs> all-in breakfast. Full son. English in the apocalypse. <laughs> all-in-one can. Do you know what? Oh, if Aldi was open on the way home, I'd fucking go and get one of them. <laughs> they might so, still be. They're so awfully good. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're wrong, but they're so right. I once bought Mike a can of all day breakfast his birthday. <laughs> I think it was the best birthday present I've ever given him. I went up oh, she was Mike's birthday. I'm in the shop buying beer. All day breakfast in a can. He'll love that. <laughs> I used to buy when I went to festivals, live off them. Yeah. Oh, well, and you'll be living off them in the Apocalypse yep. Festival. Yeah. Should we um, move to the attack day plus one week? Okay, what's happening a week later? Food stocks are controlled by the central government representatives and guarded by armed men, soldiers, police, and anyone in a uniform, really. Traffic yeah. wardens. This, right, so why I have TW on my hand. <laughs> I have TW written on my hand for the listener. The one part of this film I find more chilling than anything else, due to a recent real-life experience with a aforementioned traffic warden which resulted in me sort of cutting my nose off despite my own face as if you get a parking ticket basically lads it says on the parking ticket if you pay within seven days it costs 35 pounds if you leave it or maybe 14 days if you leave it longer than that it's 70 pounds yeah i cost myself the extra bit it's going to cost me 70 pounds because i tried to be rational in the situation and asked the traffic warden as he'd written me the ticket and printed it off, a rational question of where do I park next time? I have to deliver to this place weekly. It's a new place. Where can I park? And he, he must be so used to being given shit that he went instantly from zero to nuclear. Wow. He gave me the attitude and started, you know, giving me shit, which resulted in me throwing the ticket physically into his face. <laughs> So that's why it's going to cost me 70 quid because I don't have the ticket to send off and pay so what happens is not that I've experienced this before but I tried to not pay one they <laughs> no, just, of course not they know who the van's registered to and they photographed it and you just get a letter through the post a few months later so anyway traffic wardens hate the cunts well, they are considered the most petty and small minded of all government officials in uniform Oh, the last thing I said to this man was I'm proud to say, you want to try fucking working for a living? Definitely called him Little Hitler at one point. Uh, <laughs> any, anyway, I hate the cunts. But now they've got guns. Yeah, that's my point. In this film, the idea of a fucking traffic warden being deputised and given fucking, like, martial fucking powers and a fucking gun, there's nothing... I can't think of anything more yeah. terrifying... <laughs> You tell one of those little jobs worth little Hitler 
fucking short man syndrome wankers <laughs> that they've suddenly got fucking powers and hand them a shotgun. That, my friend, is the scariest part of this film. Fuck me. That bothered me. And she's a sterling some machine gun. It, exactly! <laughs> a fucking machine gun! And he acts like a cunt in he the does. film, doesn't he? Yes, he does, yeah. He bats the people you away see? from the fence. Power-hungry little bastard. You telling me that every traffic warden in the world doesn't look at actual police and people like that and think, oh, it'd be fucking great to be one of them. You know, to have, have actual powers. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them. So, um, yes, um, yeah. Fuck the traffic wardens. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the system. Yeah. Massively. So, um, so, Ruth and her family have made it down to their cellar. And they've got actually got enough food. Um, there's um, Ruth, her parents, and her elderly grandmother. Her elderly grandmother. Uh, but it is tightly rationed. They're sharing a can of beans between the four of them. And mm. the cat. No, the cat's eating at this point. <laughs> oh, they're not sharing the cat around. They're not eating it. They're sharing the beans. <laughs> no, they're sharing the, the beans cat. around. Right, I'm not the cat's eating. Eat beans. Um, they're, they're doing the fucking apocalypse. Yeah, they'll eat, they're fuck they'll eat your face in the apocalypse, mate. That's my cat likes mushy peas. So <laughs> honestly, that's uh, the most British cat. <laughs> mushy know, peas, yeah. Oh. Uh, um, Ruth begins to have a breakdown mm. because she realises Jimmy's probably already dead, and you know, father yeah. and child loves him. Yeah. His Jimmy's parents are slowly dying of radiation poisoning due to the fact they couldn't get a fucking proper panic room going. Mm. Mm. And uh, I'm suspecting at this point as I'm watching it, the living are envying the dead. Mm. Yes. In all fairness, as you said, they should be. I'm living. suspecting they are. They should be. They've been released into the magical um, infinity of the cosmos. You know, they've, they've become one with the the stardust from which we came. And you're fucking scratting about in the rubble looking for a fucking dead rat to chew on. I mean, <laughs> fuck. An irradiated dead rat that's going to kill you for eating it. <laughs> in a, what do I do? Do I die of the radiant? You know, you've got to choose between dying of starvation or eating something that's, that'll fucking kill you in the long run anyway. Yeah. Oh, what a choice, man. And <laughs> <laughs> um, we got the civil defence bunk at this point and the chief exec is arguing with his staff about releasing food. And one of the quotes from this point is, um, what's the point? They're only going to die anyway. It's not yeah. enough to go around as it is. It's a cold, hard logic, it is. but you can't really fucking argue you with can't, it, can you? No, and that's the, that's the problem. Survivors are massing, they're wanting food, they've all got severe radiation poisoning. Ruth's grandmother has died. She, Ruth has also just left the shelter as well, because she's mm. like, oh, fuck this, I'm out of here. So a tap day plus ten. The city is in ruins, the fires have gone out, the radio does kind of work now. Mm. Uh, people are starting to emerge, they're shell-shocked, they're possibly insane. There's charred corpses everywhere, there's a woman cradling a dead child. We've already seen an E.T. doll burning horribly in that. Kind of was a bit tragic. <laughs> like E.T., he's all right. <laughs> and then it comes up on the screen, they're in a 3,000-ton megaton exchange. 3,000 mm. megaton exchange, sorry. The smoke produces 100 million tonnes and the dust lifting the atmosphere is 500 million tonnes. The radioactive dust. The dust is propelled in the atmosphere where it hangs, it shuts out heat and light from the sun, and it gets dark and very cold. A drop of 25 degrees, and in Britain, that is like, that's 
in in hot countries. Mm. In Britain, it's freezing or below, pretty much constantly. On the plus side, it's going to feel pretty nice for your burns, isn't it? To be able to <laughs> dip them no, in some snow. because there'll be a, a cold, biting wind mm. driving oh, into your uh, exposed burn, third degree burns. That's yeah, down to yeah. the bone. So am I? I know I'm not a scientist, but imagine. Well, well, imagine you've, you're covered in horrible. Um, burns and boils and horrific pain you see some snow because of the drop in temperature and yeah. you think oh it's going to feel great to dip my arm in that but it's, very hard it's acid fucking rain snow isn't it so it's like oh god <laughs> then you end up with skeleton arms yeah. like skeleton hands Jesus even the snow is evil yeah snow can never be evil bastards <laughs> bloody <Yeah>. hell <laughs> Um, right. Did we mention that? What the bloody hell is reference to? Oh, is there is a the, scene of a very British man as the bomb drops. Yeah, sat the, on the toilet, finishes up. Yeah, he <laughs> sees he sees the orange glare in the distance and quite literally stands from his shitter and says, "Bloody hell!" <laughs> How incredibly British! <laughs> the only thing that could have made it more British is if he had a cuppa in his hand. Yeah. At the time. Well, his cup of bloody hell. Everyone loves a cup of tea on the shitter. <laughs> Fuck me. That is one of the very few pure joys of this life. <laughs> a cup of on the shitter. <laughs> and a fag if you can. Oh, 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 now you're talking my language. <laughs> uh, did you mention the um, the doors that they, they took the doors off, didn't they? They took the doors they off to try shelter. and make the shelter. Didn't fucking help much. No, that's government advice, that is. Yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. It was. Well, it kept them alive, didn't it? But just did a horrible state. Well, it, it kept them alive it, for less than 14 them. days. It's, uh, it's meant to shelter them from radiation. Yeah, the fact is they had a window behind them. What you need didn't to do Because when the bomb did drop, Jimmy's yeah. mum kind of set on fire yeah. in the heat. Yeah. That, was that was a fun scene, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> As her husband desperately yeah. tried to put her out. Yeah, you I mean, she take, did. You've mm. got to take the door off. Mm. Yeah, you're going to get a ton of earth right. in bin, black bin bags. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, the children will come in useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that, put them in bin bags, yeah. line up against the door, put a mattress mm. in front of it. Mm-hmm. That's your shelter. And you've got to do that. In the 10 minutes, yeah. you know, from the radio, the sirens minutes. going off. <laughs> Four minutes. Four minutes more. Four at the earth, didn't you? With your hands. Yeah. Throwing handfuls of soil at a fucking... Because you couldn't get the living room door off in time. You managed to get the door off your shitty Ikea fucking wardrobe. And you're throwing handfuls of soil out of the plant pot at it. (laughs) 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 In the meantime, that terrifying, wailing, airy siren is going off. You've already shit yourself. <laughs> so you're doing it with some slightly warm feces in your pants, which you're not going to have time to change. <laughs> so you're going to be sitting in your own shit for 14 days, because I guarantee you that you never thought to put a spare pair of trousers behind that fucking wardrobe door that you just propped up against that mattress. <coughs> It's either that or you're going commando through the apocalypse, which I might do. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I will. I'm going com- I went commando through download, I'm going commando <laughs> through the apocalypse. Seriously, that is the British government's official advice. Now, in Switzerland, you've got your own private bunker. Mm-hmm. We've got... <clears throat> The yeah, door and the mattress. Exactly, this is Britain. Everything's a fucking shit show. It's yeah. not fair to compare us to Switzerland. Fucking hell. I, I think that's Aren't you a bit um, concerned, though, that... We've got nothing. I do think even Russia have got 
communal they do but I, I for, think for the population with Switzerland there's an ulterior motive because they have a citizen army don't they everyone everyone is every male in Switzerland between like 20 and 45 has an assault rifle and two magazines for ammunition at home locked up securely they're and a minute's notice to go they can go right get me your uniform on get me your rifle I'm at the door Switzerland's been attacked now if you put a bombshell to everyone's house yeah and then two weeks later, the Reds come rolling in across the horizon. You know that your standing army mm. is still intact, isn't it? Well, the, makes sense, yeah. That that's but my it, thinking on that. Actually, I was like, but it, it, I'd like to have it, wouldn't you? Oh yeah, you know, what yeah. I mean? rather like, than the yeah. fucking uh, mattress. If you give me an assault rifle and two magazines of ammunition and build me a fucking shelter, I'll defend what's well, left of my fucking house. I just want the fucking shelter. No, I'll defend what's left of my house if you build me a shelter and give me the ammunition. Well, all the best. I'll defend what's left. In the apocalypse, all I'm taking from this is that in the apocalypse, all the best porn is still going to come from Switzerland because they'll all be fucking in those. <laughs> Shit, loads of blonde, amateur bunker yeah, porn. Yeah, amateur beautiful blonde bunker porn. <laughs> bunker bukaki. <laughs> and all we've got, we're just trying to sit there doing a wank with our skeleton. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be even in the mood for that. No. <laughs> Nah. Yeah, first of all, you got to look at your skeleton hands. I was going to put you off. And then yeah, but it's going to feel a lot more like somebody else doing it, isn't it? Because all the nerves will be gone, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about dead hand gang. Uh, okay, now. Uh, yeah, man. So yeah. what happens next in the film? Attack day plus 11, June the 6th. Uh, Ruth finds the remains of Jimmy's house to find his mother dead. Uh, <laughs> the father has left at this point. Crops up again a bit later on. Swapping food for scotch. Yeah. Fair play. No, it's fat. He fat swaps cigarettes for scotch. C- cigarette for scotch. Yeah. Yes. Angry crowd search the food warehouses and the soldiers who I couldn't make out the cat badge properly, but they're light infantry. Fire tear gas at the starving survivors to keep them away, and they all look quite well fed. Well, look, come on. Ben, they're on a BBC made-for-TV budget, you know what I mean? No, but the soldiers, look, everyone else looks oh, shitty and the soldiers look quite well fed. Oh, I thought you meant the actual actors. I was going to no, say, no, we're no, not no. going to ship in I, like 2,000 Ethiopians to no. play them. In the film, like the survivors are all in rags and burned and yeah. horrible and the soldiers just like, yeah, they're all right. Mm. Tear gas, masks on. Of course they are, they've got tear gas. At this point, the, I wrote, the walking wounded swarm zombie-like to the remains of a hospital. Their resources are just hopelessly mm. stretched. The apparently the entire NHS at this point in 1984, when it was significantly more well funded, couldn't have coped with a single bomb. Hmm. So in off. the state that it's in. So in the state that it's in, they've got. I mean, the, the, in, in the film, the floor is awash with blood. Oh, it's horrible. There's isn't no it? supplies. The screams. They're no soaring limbs off. There's, yeah, like medieval times. There's no bandages. There's no medical support. I mean, in a doctor without any of those supplies, it might as well just be another bloke. It, that was one of the most upsetting scenes, actually, wasn't it? Really. I, well, me speaking personally, I found yeah, mm. just the the idea of having no anaesthetic. So there's like. Somebody holding somebody's mouth, you know. Leather belt in the mouth. Yeah. Saw the arm off. Oh, no, that was it. Not holding the mouth. Hacking the limb off and then somebody else with their bare hands trying to stem the flow of blood. Like, you yeah. know, that's how little equipment and... Yeah. We would send back to the medieval times. 
Yeah. Very quickly. Yeah. Absolutely. The civil, after the civil defence bunker, that's still buried under the remains of the town hall. They don't know if anyone's coming for them. They're trying to get people to come mm. and get them, but, you know, they just can't. There's too much going on. And the doctor in there works out a ration. A thousand calories a day for workers, mm. 500 a day for non-workers. So that's going be the children and the elderly. Mm. 2,000 is only 2,300 calories less than your today's recommended, you know. Uh, 2,500 for a man, yeah, 2,000 for a woman. Oh, I thought it was 3,000. No, no. I don't know where I got that from. Maybe that's what I'm putting on weight. <laughs> uh, I mean, rats are feasting on the dead at this point, which leads you to likely epidemics of cholera, dysentery and typhoid. Lures are roaming the streets. Soldiers are shooting the looters. The looters mm. killed Ruth's parents and in turn are shot. Yeah. She's like in the bunker, but they mm. go in they go in the house mm. and you know it's the house from the fact that grandma's dead wrapped yeah. in bin bags outside, which rats are eating her. Mm. <laughs> and when the soldiers turn up, they're like, Oh yeah, there's a couple down there, heads been bashed in. Sorry. Recently there's bashed in. There's oh. a rat in me grandma, what am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> Not sing reggae is what you're gonna do. As a radioactive rat. <laughs> And um, a radio broadcast announces that uh, all able-bodied men, women and children should report for reconstruction duties. How depressing is that? But a survivor who can work gets more food than the yeah. ones who can't. Well, if you, you can't work, you get 500, that's a one-fifth. Yeah, well, you, you can't work, yeah, exactly. And well, like food, he says in the film, though, those weaker ones who can't work and that are getting less food will inevitably die yeah. quicker and yeah. need more food. Survive for the, the fittest. Yeah, they'll leave more food for the people who can work and are less weak. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's another yeah. ray of hope. Yeah. Those infirm, yeah. sickly, coughing, weak fuckers over there will soon be fucking rat yeah. food. You're probably looking at some guy sat across and you're thinking, well, he won't last a fucking exactly. couple of days. More I'll bread his, and soup I'll for I'll me. Have, I'll have his potato and soup. That's it. <laughs> you know. Have his belongings, have yeah. his bags. If his boots are better than mine, I'm having them. Yeah. He's, he's got a nice watch there, I'll have that. I'm coming handy for some bartering at some point. Yeah. You know, who knows? But food is the only viable currency. So that, that guy who's charging doubling the price for a tin of peas, mm. what's he got? Well, well there's well, another string. He sold his food. He should have kept his yeah. food. Well, there's another reason why to stuck up, isn't there? Because yeah. not only will it keep you alive for longer, unless but it might also... In well, yes, unless, of course, the army come and take it from you, but it could you could turn yourself into a rich man in the apocalypse. Mm. Barter king? Yeah. You, <laughs> well, think about it. Yeah, yeah. You could barter you know, uh, bits of materials to build yourself... You know what is a in the apocalypse—a nice house in the apocalypse. Um, you could essentially become, well, just start it again. Become a corner shop, but you'd need some fucking security. You'd pay security and food. Yeah, food, food, yeah. yeah. Who, you know, you'd have to, you'd barter some weapons with food yeah. to protect yeah. your. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure food, that he, Yeah, but come yeah, on, we start start partying now. If you're, if you're as the manager. No. And you've got the fucking access to the warehouse. Wow, you could become a king. You'd be, you'd be like, right. If you're a distribution centre, you yeah. How like, is right. that for a fucking comic book idea then, yeah. or a movie or something? So, in the apocalypse, the Asda, you, you're sort of middle class, normal, never been a criminal Asda manager. Yeah. In the apocalypse, becomes a ruthless, tin dealing, yeah. shotgun wielding, yeah. pimp. I think baseball might be doing Negan sort of esque going yeah, thing going on. You know, yeah. Fuck, that's a good story, man. Yeah. And his name's Gerald, and he's still got his name tag. Yeah, always wears the name tag. Yeah. Though slightly dotted with blood. Yes. Like the badge in Watchmen. I think you just say manager. 
Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. that's his name. No, he calls yeah. him. If anyone calls him Gerald, he shoots him in yeah. the face. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's the manager, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or gets manager. one of his minions to. Yeah, the manager. Yeah, you that's what you the series food? is called. You want food in this yeah. town? You're gonna go see the yeah. manager. There's your next, your next Netflix. That's hard to say. Um, blockbuster yeah. series. It's called The Manager. Shit, I think we should fucking submit yeah. it. Set in a post-apocalyptic yeah. after. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck. We got to hit. Copyright that. us. We Copyright just said that. Us. Yeah, we. Copyright that's our us. Idea. That is it. We're Fuck you that. if you write We're that before that. us. We'll sue you. We, it's our idea. Uh, What's yeah. the date today as of recording? Fourteenth <laughs> um, or something like that. No, it's longer than that. Seventeenth oh, of June. Is it? That's twenty-first. It's Father's Day. You should. Seventeenth. Uh, sorry, no. Seventeenth. Oh, there we go. Seventeenth. You should know what date it is, Gaz. Yeah. Sorry. It's Stepfather's Day. <laughs> it was this morning. I was well chuffed. <laughs> and then I watched the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with disposal of bodies as well. Heart film uh, highlights yeah. at this point. There's no spare fuel for cremation. There's no spare fuel for bulldozers and the waste of manpower to dig pits for burials. Mm. And unburied cores in the UK at this point are probably top 10 to 20 million. Mm. I didn't think of that. See, that was something that the film presented to me that I never thought about. The bodies, you know, just a constant daily reminder. Trudging back from your rebuilding shift, you know, with your bread roll to take back to your family and you've got to walk past, you know... Oh look, there's Bob. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Oh, mm. look, but piles of them. Is it? Yeah. Doesn't it say something like nine, the estimate is nineteen million? Ten to twenty million unburied yeah. bodies. Yeah. yeah, but the, most of them probably are charred beyond recognition. Oh man. Can we take a quick break, mate? Yeah, man. Oh, that, You're not going to go and hang yourself in the bathroom, are you, Mike? Right, we're back. So. Let's go to um, special courts of justice uh, set up at this point. Okay. Um, given wide-ranging powers, including death by firing squad. And it's probably a traffic warden fucking firing. Yeah. Oh, they'd love that shit. Of course, bastards. So, I'm sorry, sir. I've already printed the ticket. Yeah, bastards. Fuck you. Five weeks after the attack, still no electricity, no mains water, no sanitation, fuel stocks are diminishing, transport is difficult, and food supplies are unreliable. A growing exodus occurs from cities in search of food, but the countryside is cold and full of unknown radiation hazards. Five to six weeks after, after the attack, deaths and fallout are reaching their peak. And as um, Ruth is heading out in the country with um, Jimmy's old drinking buddy. Yeah. Um, a plane is seen overhead, flying over, telling the refugees to turn back, though. But there's fuel for planes. Yeah. Keep well. you in the city, keep you where they want to fucking get you working. Yeah. Yeah. Turn back now. I bet the pilot's fucking going back and having a warm shower and a nice bed to lie in. The fuel is not for the plebeians, Ben. Of course not. But at least at this point, people are they're trying to rehome people. In Buxton, mm. twenty miles from Sheffield, survivors being temporary residents in people's houses. 
the owners aren't happy. Like that old boy who's like, oh, you can't come in here. I've got blue strangers sleeping in my house. I'm not having it. And he turns them all yeah, out. I think he literally says, sling you up the lot of you. Yeah. You know, he's got a four bedroom yeah. house. It's just him living in it. No, get the yeah. fuck out. Typical selfish cunt bastard. You keep voting bastard, yeah. probably. Although, to be fair, I'm not having strangers, radioactive strangers in my fucking house. Yeah, we fucking... But anyway, I'll be dead, as we've established. I know, yeah, but so that is, like, just the ultimate... I just thought he was yeah. such a twat. I mean, yeah. he's literally... He's got four spare rooms, five, six spare rooms. Yeah. He's not asking to take 20 people. No. They're saying take four people. And he throws... And he throws them out. And he throws a pregnant, pregnant woman Pregnant Ruth, yeah, I pregnant Ruth. Say, Bless her. You know, it's I used to thought, what a cunt. Definitely. Really did. I used to what an absolute cunt. Yeah, but like you said, UKIP. As I wrote, Ruth is thrown out of the miserable bastard's house. Miserable old bastard's house. Mm. Yeah. So six weeks after the attack, uh, Ruth and John, who's Jimmy's mate from work and pub, um, they find a dead sheep and they eat it raw and they know oh. it's irradiated. At least cook it. <laughs> on what though? No, fuel? There's no fuel? Oh yeah. Well you can make it's hard to make fire. Especially in freezing conditions. Mm. I'd try though. I've seen it I've seen that what's his name? Ray Mears do it enough times. <laughs> see, see them guys like Ray Mears, Bear Grylls, like oh yeah, look at us, we can go in the wilderness, we can survive with nothing. You know what's clever? Take some fucking sandwiches. You know you're coming back. <laughs> right? Am I drinking your own piss, bear? Just fucking take a bottle of water, mate. You, you've got a bit, camera crew on fucking hand. Seen that bit where he's uh, he's in the African sort of plains or whatever, and there's some elephant dung. Oh. And he's like, this is that. There's a lot of water in this. He lifts it up, squeezes it into his mouth. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the apocalypse, he'll be squeezing out the juice of a dead fucking frog or something. Yeah. I don't know. Probably. He'll probably get his own fucking reality TV show. But <laughs> once the television comes back up, it'll be morale boosting. <laughs> Look at Bear Grylls. He survived the nuclear apocalypse. He can, <coughs> he can get water from sheep dung. Why can't you? <laughs> it's actually be an instructional video now, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh my god, you don't think they are? You don't think all well, these survival programmes are just like instructional videos of the apocalypse, do you? Uh, a subliminal marketing <laughs> advertising campaign <laughs> or like a, a conspiracy about it. Well, if they are, we should have been paying a lot more fucking attention to them. Too much, we should. So it was September the 4th. September, four months after the attack. Ruth's sleeping rough and she starts like having a bit of a breakdown at this point. She's seen dead and alive children, you know, so her own baby is coming. Mm. Mm. Uh, at this point, direct effects of the attack, deaths are between 17 and 38 million from blast, heat and fallout. So we've got a population of about 60 million nowadays, let's say it was 50 million in the 80s. Mm. That's a good chunk. Uh, the remaining population are weak, corn, hungry. And of course, an attack in spring, May as it was, cripples agricultural production, darkness and cold reduce plant activity to very low levels, and there's low ripening of crops. Lovely. And collecting the harvest, going back to the Middle Ages, is now mm. literally a matter of life and death. You don't collect that harvest, you don't collect that grain, you don't store enough of it for the winter. You will die. <laughs> yeah. And chronic fuel shortages mean. This will be one of the last time tractors and combine harvesters are used in Bren. 
I did like the image towards the end of the steam engine with the tractor yes. tyres on it. It kind of we kind mm. of got back to that level, didn't we? Steampunk. <laughs> Steampunk. <laughs> oh, and I, I, you know, everyone's swanning around in top hats and welders goggles. <laughs> well, if it improves the general level of presentation of us all, then again another ray of hope we have found. A slight in this ray story. of hope. Slight ray of hope. So Ruth is now in labour and she manages to stumble into a farmhouse, uh, gives birth to the baby on her own and literally bites the cord off. Yeah. It does Metal! Say, <laughs> it does say Sunday, December 25th, this is the religious mm. aspect we mentioned earlier, the Ruth, the baby and some other survivors gather under fire in a barn, oddly, oddly sort of yeah. very mm. similar to the nativity uh, scene. Yeah. Which is an interesting one. Yeah. Well, maybe it was the the second coming of of our Lord Himself. Well, let's let's Jesus. hope not, because we'll, we'll find out the yeah. end. It didn't go well. Well, we've got the beginnings of a very metal song there. Born in an alley in the apocalypse, my mother bit my cord. Ah, while the hounds howled. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe yeah. it was a pretty metal scene. To be fair, there's a fucking German shepherd barking its face off. She's biting umbilical cords with her teeth, you know, having just given birth to Apocalypse Jesus. It's pretty fucking metal. Yeah. I quite like that old German shepherd, isn't he a pup? He's like, aww. Yeah, he's probably radioactive and, and, as fuck, though, and, and full could, of rabies. And I could tell, no, because it was a pet still, and I could tell that it was a pup, because it it didn't look like... They, they added the barking in, it wanted to play. Mm. You could tell by the language of the dog, and it was, it was like, so it was a pup. And they added the barking and nasty bits in, but it was literally sort of prancing around wanting to play. So, Aww. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. What a cute film. Yeah. <laughs> it's one step away from the last. Yeah, but, but then again, in the first winter, hypothermia, epi epidemics and radiation fall heavily on the very young and old. In the first few winters, many of the young and old disappear completely from Shit. Britain. Well, I've just thought that, that German... Shepherd was the apocalypse lassie. What's, what's that boy? Grandma's holding her eyeballs. Uh, what's that? There's radiation down the old well. You shouldn't drink it. But I have been. Now my balls are going to fall off. Oh no, my, my skeletons. Oh well, you can put them in a jar with your eyeballs. Ah, <laughs> uh, fun. Uh, a year after the attack, People are basically eating dead rats. We see Ruth bartering for dead rats. Um, the skies do become clearer and returning sunlight, but sadly it's heavier with ultraviolet light because the atmosphere is fucked. And you get cataracts and um, higher risk of cancers and leukemias. So you've got to cover up quite heavily to go out there. Anybody not wearing sunblock 3000 is going to have a real bad fucking day. Uh, get yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, to to. Oh, Sarah. I would. Can't help but feel they need a Sarah Connor in this scenario. Oh, yeah. That's what this film was missing. Yeah. Ruth should have been a Sarah Connor. <laughs> well, she was a more realistic Sarah Connor. She just <laughs> stumbled around in a, in a fucking bewildered state of mental fucking derangement and then gave birth in an alleyway, like I said. In a, in a barn. Uh, well, in a barn, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, fucking stable, even. Well, stable. Um, the second and subsequent harvest will have no fertilisers, no agrochemicals, and crops will be susceptible to viruses, disease, and insects. So, when you are... All that work in the field, most of it's going to go... Yeah, all that nice organic farming that people bitch about nowadays, 
man. It's um, it's gonna work. You need that stuff to make it better. You need all that. Sadly, you need those uh, pesticides. You can build vertical farms now. Well, yeah, but not in this scenario. They can't. Not in this scenario. Now, three to eight years after the attack, that's where we're at in the film now, the population reaches a minimum and UK numbers may decline to medieval levels. Three so, million? Uh, well, I've got 1086, around three and a half million, but by the 14th century, that was between five and seven million. So you're looking at somewhere between three million and seven million. I have a population of, what, 50 at the time. And all of them scratching a living at the dirt. Um, yeah. So ten years later, um, Ruth is like, she's only in her 30s at this point, remember? And she is like, aged horribly. She Ooh, yeah. is crippled, she is... Blind. blind Very grey. Virtually blind, grey head. She, you know, she looks like a woman of 60 and mm. she's in her 30s. Mm. And she collapses in the fields and just basically doesn't get up in the morning. No. Uh, her daughter tries to wake her, calling her by her name rather than mum. Mm. Which yeah. I thought was, was quite sad well, as well. Social constructs are broken down, yeah. so they know what mum means. Everyone else calls her Ruth. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And um, but she, she did take uh, Jimmy's book, and Jimmy was a bit of a, an, an Avery, a Burge, an Avery, and uh, she had that book under her pillow, so she mm. kept some memento of him, which I thought was sweet. Mm. Was quite nice. Uh, yeah. Not with spotted many birds though. No. Only the vultures um, to feed on the carcass. So it seems that, uh, oh man. Radioactive vultures. Oh, you know what radioactive vultures about, do you? Fucking buzzard hawks. Fuck, that's another Solar Warden song. Radioactive vultures? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> radioactive vultures making in my eyes. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm. oh, man, this is definitely going to be a double album. Let's go black metal on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do a better black metal voice when my throat is fucked. Oh, don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Um, so, where are we at? Um, it's interesting the children do lighter work. They're not in the fields. They're indoors. They're picking apart threads of clothing. Again, mm. threads. Yeah. Um, to make into new clothes, you presume, to be mm. recycled. Blankets. While the, while the adults are mm. out in the fields. Cock warmers, scarves. Yeah. Thirteen years later, after the attack, so thirteen years after that initial attack, yeah, the kids have got no education, got very little education. They're watching an old TV show which we used to watch, which mm. is Words and Pictures, mm. and it was right fucking dark, was it? This is a cat skeleton. Yeah. This is a dog skeleton. Well, of course, they would recognise like, well, those things. Yeah, I know what a fucking skeleton looks like. Mm. I see them. I've seen them since I came out of the fucking womb. My bed is made of skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> Metal! <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But the Wyburn oh, was... I apologise, you guys didn't hear that, but Chester's tail just made the most horrific pop noise. That wasn't the bomb the... dropping. Look at that spike on the... Uh, oh, see yeah. the one that goes all the way? Sorry, listener. That's the cat, but he's part of the show, so don't yeah. complain. Yeah, it's Chester. Yeah, he lives here. Um, 13 years... Mm. After the attack, Ruth is dead now. By the way, she yeah. just died. Overwork, radiation mm. poisoning, yeah. no will to live, possibly Cancer as well. Probably. Cancers, and apparently the will to live is a big thing in this scenario. Mm. Uh, I've read it in other stuff, where if you are, there is sort of some kind of centralised authority. Mm. You've got to make it so these people want to get up and work in the morning. Mm. Yeah. 
because they've got to, but it's not just. I think it's a post post apocalyptic despair syndrome. Because if you get up and you think there's nothing worth living, mm. living for, well, there's going to be a lot of suicides. You will you'll commit suicide or you'll just die. It'll be a psychological thing where you'll just die. Well, we can only hope. So um, you've got to put on a, even if it's just like morale, simple things like I don't know films and music, something to occupy your brain. Chuck Berry. Other than what. That that song does mm, come yeah. across a couple of times in this. The story, only yeah. song in the whole yeah. movie. Is it? I didn't know. Johnny B. Good, yeah. It's yeah. at the very start of the film and it's played at the end as well. They're listening to it in the car. What do you think the reference that is on? Well, probably the 50s, good time. The last time it, things were innocent, you know, booming. 50 with rock and roll. Maybe the director just really liked that song. Maybe it's very cheap rights to that song. Mm. I don't know, it's a song of youth, isn't it, in the 50s? Mm. But youth is gone now. You, well, well, there is well, yeah. some youth, we there see. Is. But what state are they in? Well, that's it. Because after we watch Ruth die, we get to watch her daughter get raped. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Fuck. Um, looters are still being shot, mm. uh, even 13 years later. <laughs> Ruth's daughter, uh, Jane, is like with a, a couple of guys who are doing some looting and one of them shot. Um, the children are a little more than feral. You know, mm. their speech isn't fantastic. Hey, Gizza! Yeah. Gizza! Yeah. <laughs> With translators, give to me. Yeah. <laughs> Gizza! <laughs> but, but yeah, but the thing is, as we, as we said, who's speaking to the kids? Let's say yeah. that you, you're actually in the mood enough to conceive a child, and most of the children being born have probably been conceived pre-attack. Mm. Or rape. Or rape. Who's no one's in the mood enough to conceive a child? Let's face it. I don't and when you do, let's say you do, let's say you're in the mood enough. Mm. That child's growing up. What are you doing? You're just sat there, like staring at uh, space, remembering think, how it was. Yeah, but I think you're we utterly can never... PTSDs. Mm. You are just but a, we can a never... silent shell of a human. But we can never underestimate the human propensity to fuck. No, that's why we're still here. You know, some people will be horny in the apocalypse. Yeah. If I don't die in initial blast, I will certainly still be looking for somewhere to stick it. Like you said, you need some sort something to keep you going. I would still be trying to be romantic. <laughs> I'd My your radiation burns look yeah. lovely tonight. Yes, I love the way the nuclear. I love the way your skeletal hands <laughs> reflect <laughs> the moonlight. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way when you hold your hand to your face, I could see through the gaps between your bones the beauty of your scarred flesh. Now suck me off, please. <laughs> With your rotten mouth. Yes, it's better than nothing. Um, yes, so... Uh, <laughs> Jane, Ruth's daughter, and the uh, would-be looter, along with her, who survived, mm. uh, as you said, just gives her, and then he ends up raping her. Mm -hmm. uh, she falls pregnant. She tries to make it to what's left of a hospital. There is still some semblance yeah. of... A medical facility. Yeah, it's still going on. I think is the best way to describe mm. it. The crazy nurse, though, isn't yeah. she? And there yeah. are hanging <laughs> bodies outside it as well. Presumably looters. You see the feet mm. hanging, and um, she sort of cries out like, "Baby, yeah. baby's coming! It's coming!" She gives birth alone, like her mother. Yeah, she got it. Yeah. She gives birth alone, like her mother. The nurse then does hand the child. Mm. And then she screams, yeah. and that's the end of the film. I originally thought that the baby was like 
deformed horribly because mm. radiation on. Well, they say the chances of having a baby born with mental problems or physical yeah. are exponentially. Exactly. You know, but it turns out that to end this film on such a high note. That would be wrong. Um, yeah. Then I realised the baby wasn't crying and it was nope. just. Um, stillborn. Stillborn. Yeah. So, what yeah. What an ending. What an ending to they a baby. They through that and they give you that as an ending. Gizza! It's yeah. possibly the darkest, most depressive film I've ever watched. Didn't I thought I'd yep. share it with the world? <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Didn't you say this was the only thing the BBC have ever shown that had neither comments nor com yeah. complaints nor compliments? Mm. Normally, afterwards, you get loads of phone calls. Oh yeah, it was Did a he... member of the production team. I read said normally if your your TV show's just been on, your friends in the BBC industry peers, you know, will either be calling to congrat. Try that again. Congratulate or commiserate. And from viewers. Yeah, yeah. Viewers. but there was nothing. There's nothing. Because everyone was just deep in Too traumatised to talk. Yeah. And that's my point. About, <laughs> and that's my point about the kids in the apocalypse. Yeah. Everyone's so traumatised, no one's speaking, so their language just completely just goes. Think, it's 1984, you've been at work, you're coming mm. home, yeah. nine o'clock, yeah. Friday night, you know, the kids, you'll have your dinner, sit down, watch a bit of TV. Everybody watched mm. TV together. And you couldn't be asked to change the channel because that meant getting <laughs> up yeah. and walking over to it. And it's so a part yeah, that yeah. had a wired remote. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you had three channels, remember? Yeah. yeah. We're the kids in the apocalypse. Gizza! <laughs> We're the kids in the apocalypse. Gizza! This was an incredibly sober film, as it was meant to be. But it and, and the fact that it's uh, it's thirty four years old and um, still <coughs> manages to be harrowing because oh, man, it's just so like what well, like we said it's nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Well, it's like we said it's a docu film, isn't it? Because it's yeah, there's a lot of information. Docu drama because it's a drama with documentary elements, scientifically explaining what would happen to us if this scenario were true and the entire and the fact that it like we said set in a working class British so downbeat the entire thing so downtrodden so it's like the nuclear holocaust on a council estate you know yeah um, and fuck sober and depressed so many things I didn't think of I mean often I've thought about you know we've joked on this show many times what would we do in the apocalypse but little details like food becoming the currency um, Fallout as well is amazing. Yeah, I mean, um, we survived the blast, but the police turning on us and the army turning on us, um, us becoming slaves, things like that, I'd never fucking considered if we survive. Just fucking hell! I hope nobody ever presses the button. I hope nobody's ever that. Well, should we go through the close calls stupid. that nearly happened? Can we okay. have the, um, the, the what happens if the American president wants to? Yeah, sure. Do that first, and then we'll go on the close calls. Okay. So how a U.S. nuclear strike would work? What if the President of the United States decides to launch a nuclear strike? President Trump started 2018 with a tweet chiding North Korea's leader Kim Jong-un that he too has a nuclear button, and it's bigger and more powerful than Kim's. But launching a missile involves much more than pushing a button, and really there is no button. Here's what would actually happen. 
the President must first discuss the plan with a group of military and civilian advisors. That group includes the Pentagon's Deputy Director of Operations and the head of U.S. Strategic Command. Anyone else in the group is at the President's discretion. The call either takes place in the White House Situation Room or the President can be patched in on a secure line. Some of the advisors may try to change the President's mind or even resign in protest, but ultimately the Pentagon must do whatever the Commander-in-Chief orders. That meeting with advisors can be as short as 30 seconds. Next, the President gives the order to launch. But before the Pentagon can prepare the launch order, it must first verify that the person ordering the strike is indeed the President. An officer in the Pentagon's war room reads what's known as a challenge code, for example, Delta Echo. The President retrieves the biscuit, a laminated card the President or a military aide carries at all times, and finds the matching response to the challenge code, for example, Charlie Zulu. Once the codes match, the launch order goes out. The War Room prepares a message containing the war plan, time of launch, authentication codes, and the codes needed to unlock the missiles before firing them. That message is only about 150 characters long. It's encoded, encrypted, and broadcast to launch crews. At this point, only about two to three minutes may have passed since the initial conference call. Within seconds, a submarine and five ICBM crews in various underground bunkers receive the launch orders. They open safes and compare their sealed authentication system codes to those sent by the War Room. This will confirm that the order is authentic. If the codes match, the crews enter the war plan number into their launch computers. They type additional code to unlock the missiles, and at the designated time of launch, the five crews simultaneously turn a launch key retrieved from their safe. It only takes two crews to launch, so three can refuse to do any of the prior steps, and the missile or missiles will still fire. For missiles launched from a submarine, there is no second key. The crew has full power to launch. From here, there is no turning back. It's been as little as five minutes from the time the President decided to launch a nuclear missile to the time the missile or missiles blast out of their silos. It will take submarine missiles an additional 15 minutes until they shoot out of their tubes. Once it fires, a missile and its warhead cannot be called back. Sobering stuff. Holy fuck. That's frightening. Yeah? Fucking Trump is the president. <laughs> now he's dawning on you? <laughs> Your dad? Fuck you. <laughs> Now's not the time for jokes. <laughs> well, should we go through the close calls? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, uh, November the 5th, 1956, the Suez Crisis, which was uh, the last uh, incident of British gunboat diplomacy. Uh, this, is, this is our last, last fling as an empire, the Suez yeah. Crisis. When us and the French invaded Egypt. During the Suez Crisis, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, uh, NORAD, received a number of simultaneous reports, including unidentified aircraft over Turkey, Soviet MiG-15 fighters over Syria, a downed British Canberra medium bomber, and unexpected maneuvers by the Soviet Black Sea Fleet through the Dardanelles, uh, at a, um, the pass through the Turkish oh, right. uh, Sea, the Constantinople sort of region. Mm. Uh, the Black Sea Fleet would have been sailing out towards Egypt. Uh, first appeared to signal a Soviet offensive. Considering previous Soviet threats to utilise conventional weapons against France and the UK, they did, they said, carry on with this and we'll launch our missiles, um, US forces believe these events could trigger a NATO nuclear strike against the Soviet Union, uh, being Britain and France at the time being the only nuclear powers in NATO. Yeah. Uh, in fact, all reports of Soviet action turned out to be erroneous, uh, misinterpreted or exaggerated 
The perceived threat was due to a coincidental combination of events, including the, uh, a wedge of swans over Turkey, uh. a fight escort for the Syrian president returning from Moscow, and a British bomber brought down by mechanical issues and scheduled exercises of the Soviet fleet. So, yeah, one, the, all that stuff going on while there's yep. Britain and France exercising colonial might, their last yep. example of it, then um, things would look Flash pretty... Flashpoints, isn't it? Flashpoint, exactly. Uh, 5th of November, 1960. No, uh, 5th of October. 5th of October, sorry. Uh, radar equipment in Thule, Greenland, mistakenly interpreted a moonrise over Norway as a large-scale Soviet <laughs> missile launch. Right. Upon receiving a report of the supposed attack, NORAD went on high alert. However, doubts about the authenticity of the attack arose in the presence of Soviet leader Nikolai Khrushchev in New York at the time. A so, fucking moonrise. <laughs> that's, um... Let's go to the Cuban Missile Crisis. Okay. Uh, that's the big one, isn't it? 27th yeah. of October, 1962. At the height of the Cuban Missile Crisis, Soviet patrol submarine B-59 almost launched a nuclear-tipped torpedo while under harassment by American naval forces. One of, se one of several vessels surrounded by American destroyers near Cuba, B-59 dove to avoid detection and was unable to communicate with Moscow for a number of days. The USS uh, Beale, am I reading that right? Yeah. Uh, began dropping practice depth charges <laughs> to signal B-59 to surface. However, the Soviet, sister, Soviet submarine took these to be real depth charges, and with low batteries affecting the submarine's life support systems, and with no orders from Moscow, the commander of B-59 believed the war may have already begun, and ordered the use of a 10 kiloton nuclear torpedo against the American fleet. Shit. The submarine polit political officer... Agreed, but commander of the sub flotilla, uh, Vasily Arkhipov. Arkhipov, yeah, yeah, persuaded the captain to surface and await orders. Well, he just fucking single handedly yeah. saved the fucking world there, didn't he? Swig a beer for that guy right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I like my eyeballs where they are. <laughs> and um, the flesh on my hand. <laughs> <laughs> on the same day, an American U 2 spy plane was shot down over Cuba. And another U-2, flown by United States Air Force pilot Charles Maltzby, strayed 300 miles into Soviet airspace despite orders to avoid Soviet airspace by at least 100 miles. So, yeah, you can imagine... Navigational error. Yeah. Uh, that caused the Soviets' uh, MiG interceptors to scramble and pursue the aircraft. And American F-102A interceptors armed with uh, Falcon nuclear air-to-air -air missiles, each with a 0. 2.5 kiloton yield were then scrambled to escort the U-2 into friendly airspace. See, this is the thing in the 60s. It's like, what can we stick a nuclear warhead on? Oh, the last little line there. Look, yeah. Individual pilots were capable of arming and launching their missiles. So if that pilot thought, shit, shit, yeah. stuff's going down. Or he was like, boom. Shelly should have never fucking left me for that big prick Frank. Have yeah. this, Shelly. This will show you. And especially as Frank's the guy flying next to him. Yeah, and he launches Frank, the you close in. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me, Shelley. <laughs> Boom. Bastards. Yeah. Well, is, so yeah. I take it there's been quite a few of these type of instances. Absolutely. We, we're um, going to go through the entire thing. No, we won't go through all of them. Let's skip to the... It says we're in the 80s. Yeah. It's 
basically one every few years I could see. Yeah, there is, there's, there's a lot, yeah. Oh, there's um, one in the year as well. Quite, quite a few in the 60s. 65, 67. When seven. it was new, wasn't it? Everyone yeah. was... Everyone wanted it. Everyone had that itchy yeah. trigger finger back then. Fifteenth yeah. uh, of March, nineteen eighty. The year of, of my birth, eighty three. Oh, we'll do that one next, thanks. I was born in eighty three. One of four Soviet missiles launched from submarines near the the Cooney Islands was detected by an American early warning sensor and determined to be heading towards the United States. Twenty wow. sixth of September, nineteen eighty three. Several weeks after the downing of Korean Airlines flight 007, ooh, that's sexy, <laughs> over Soviet airspace, a satellite early warning system near Moscow reported the launch of one American Minuteman ICBM. Mm. They're those big ones they keep in the silos. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Soon after it reported that five missiles had been launched, convinced that a Amer- real American offensive would involve many more missiles, Lieutenant Colonel Stanislav Petrov of the Air Defense Forces refused to acknowledge the threat as legitimate and continued to convince his superiors it was a false alarm until this could be confirmed by ground radar. Two months later, part of the Soviet government misinterpreted the Able Archer 83 NATO simulation of escalation to DEFCON 1. That was a major um, NATO uh, military exercise. Okay. Able Ar- there was a few Able Archers and they mm. were designed to for us to respond to a Soviet attack. Mm. Uh, so there would have been a build-up on the border, things like that. It yeah. was you know, designed to be as realistic as possible. Uh, the NATO simulation of escalation of DEFCON 1 as a possible ruse of war to obscure preparations for a genuine nuclear first strike. What I always find horrifying mm. is that this handful of zealots mm. on either side yeah. who want it. Yeah, they'd loved it. Mm. Yeah, President like, Kennedy was under pressure to use his nukes. Though. Yeah, was and so was Truman in the Korean War. MacArthur mm. was like, nuke the, nuke the Chinese. Yeah. Tactical nuke them. Just nuke them. Nuke them. Battlefield nukes. Use them. Fuck's sake. We're paying for this. Mm. It's and, there was, and even on the Soviet side as well as, as, as the Western side, there was this hand... It, it wasn't terrifying for them. Mm. It was like, well, I'm going to be a bunker. Fuck it. Yeah. Well, exactly. I'm, de- I'm down in the war room. Like what it. happens up there? And there's a great line in Doctor Strangelove, which will be in a future episode, I think, where um, one of the American generals sat in the war room and goes, oh, yeah, well, we're going to lose, like, 25% of the farm belt if we strike first. And the mm. guys, there's going to be about 40 million casualties. And this general general goes, 40 million? That's not that bad. <laughs> well, there's a fucking psychopath sitting in charge. Yeah. yeah. On that note, could I have a pee, please, Bob? Yes, you can. Thank you. So we're, we're back and uh, we're going to do 25th of January 1995. Um, Russian President Boris Yeltsin, probably because he was drunk, <laughs> became the first world leader to activate a nuclear briefcase after Russian radar systems detected the launch of a Norwegian Black Brand 12 research rocket being used to study the Northern Lights. Russian strategic ballistic missile submarines upon alert in preparation for a possible retaliatory strike. When it became clear the rocket did not pose a threat to Russia and was not part of a larger attack, the alarm was cancelled. <laughs> Russia was in fact one of a number of countries earlier informed of the launch. However, the information had not reached the Russian radar operators. Communications break Probably because Boris was... Well, that's all it takes, mate. To cause the yeah, end but Yeltsin was right. fucking off his face on vodka. Yeah, Fuck it will be something daft like that that causes the end of humanity as we know it, won't it? Mm. Well, it could be terrorism, mate. 
because in between 1993-2006, the IAEA documented 175 cases of nuclear theft. Wow. Mostly from so former yeah. Soviet bases, I'd imagine. Well, and it takes a cabbage-sized amount of plutonium to recreate the Hiroshima bomb. Fuck. Well, like our old mate's own Shinrikyo. Yeah. You know, imagine if they just set one up, that would have caused a chain Somewhere reaction. Somewhere out there, there's 175 missing. Yeah, pieces of plutonium. And some of them are briefcase bombs. Yeah. I found that out. They probably snort it at the, Illuminati parties. The Russians basically made briefcase-sized nuclear weapons. They did, yeah. And uh, they made like 200 of them, and they've only got like 170 of them now. Where yeah. they are... Fucking ...is... So they do think... It's more likely to be a terrorist dirty bomb. Yeah. Than a. Uh, but a dirty bomb is a very primitive nuclear weapon that gives it a lot of fallout because it's very radioactive. Mm. Right. Next week we're reviewing the fucking Care Bears movie. Fuck <laughs> 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 me. This has been dark. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it has. <laughs> well, the thing is, we've made this monster. And, and we can't keep it in the... What about mead? Can't put the genie back in the box. Exactly, you can't, can you? You can't put that. That's exactly the phrase I was looking for. Yeah. You can't put the genie back in the bowl. Can't put the nuke back in the briefcase. No, we can't. <laughs> David Mead. Oh, David hey. Mead. Nabooru apocalypse predictor. He claims that North Korea will bomb Yellowstone to trigger a nuclear winter. Right. This was written no. before the peace talks. Can I just point out that his previous recorded predictions have not been so great? Well, yeah. And now, after he said it, like yeah. you said, Donald's just gone and shook hands with Kim. Yeah. And he's like, fuck's sake. Because it's not Why didn't you tell nice. me this earlier, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It would be interesting to know what Mr. Ike thinks of the old chumpy baby Kim. I'm sure you'll tell us, uh, guys. You are sucking him off for a job. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Writing articles. <laughs> Sucking him off. <laughs> I got distracted by our, our side project of the music, uh, <laughs> our musical project, but I, I haven't given up on the dream of writing for David. You know Weiss, what? I might so. actually submit something as well. So see if I can get something in there. It'd be interesting. Imagine that if we could say at the start of our podcast, you know. As seen on the David Icke website. Yes, professional oh. journalists. Uh, who are you, professional journalists for? <laughs> What was that? Guardian.com. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, close enough. It ends in .com. I I think it's published on humansarefree.com. There you go. Mike is a published journalist. Did you get a HuffPo thing? No, it wasn't HuffPost. It was the Greenville Post. Greenville Post, that's it. That's still fairly big. Yeah, fairly big. You should put a link in the description one week. I mentioned it in the zombie one. Oh, there's nothing wrong with selling yourself. I haven't mentioned the cult for a while. Uh, That's because it's failing. Shut <laughs> up. It's early days. Let, right, let's wrap oh, this up. Oh, no, it took, uh, took Jim yeah. Jones a while to get that compound in a South American country. So. <laughs> One more article. The proof that British nuclear test crews were used as human guinea pigs. Oh. By their own government. Wow. Basically, during uh, testing the bomb. Our the own 50s, bomb. Yeah. They got pilots to, to fly through the thermonuclear explosion. So they could test them. They could the, test the radiation levels. And did those pilots die horrific deaths? Yeah, and the other, and the other members <laughs> of the crew were sat on the floor and they were told to sit away from the blast and not look at it. Makes perfect sense to me. Fuck. Were their families compensated in any way? I hope well, not so. Not at the moment, no. That's what they're fighting for. 
Shirley Denson's husband, uh, Eric, had such a massive dose of radiation to his head in the 1958 flight that it caused crippling headaches so bad that he later killed himself saying he couldn't stand the pain. Two of their four daughters were born with abnormalities as were some grandchildren and great-grandchildren. This can officially now not yeah. get any more no. fucking depressing. Uh, <laughs> 24, his head alone was exposed to 65 years worth of normal background radiation, the same as 17,500 dental x-rays in just six minutes. Wow. While fly flying through the cloud at Christmas Island. Wow. Merry Christmas! <laughs> so that's it, that's Threads. Wow. And that's, that's Threads. That's your guide to surviving, or not surviving, the nuclear holocaust. The, the one thing that got me from this film was like, my God, the living would envy the dead. Of course. And there it ain't also, no life at all. And it also brought back a quote I heard from some general, I read some, some general years ago, is it a, the only use for conventional forces in a nuclear war Mm. Uh, so your army and navy, your air force would be to bury the dead, <laughs> because there's nothing left. Wow. You know. But I will keep you posted <laughs> on my Freedom of Information uh, Act uh, thing. That being, I'm genuinely looking forward to that. I can't wait to the twelfth of July. Oh man, I'm gonna get home tonight. The owner's going. How did the show go? Will you please spoon me, darling? <laughs> spoon me till I fall asleep. Just, just gently, gently spoon me and whisper that things are going to be okay. <laughs> are the windows still there? Are you on fire? Fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> well, I think all credit to Mike for picking possibly... It was a meaty one. A meaty one. Mm. And also the most depressing film we've ever covered. <laughs> Certainly one of the most depressing movies I've ever, ever watched. And I watched some weird foreign shit at uni. Black and white subtitled shit. Ah, film noir. Yeah, that was depressing as fuck about heroin addicts in a flat. Oh, dear. And it was all one scene. It, it never moved from the flat. It was horrific. Clerks, it was not. Or <laughs> <laughs> train spotting. There, there were no fucking comedy in it. Yeah, that was. I read the reviews actually of what people said. Mm. So that. Oh no, it wasn't the reviews. It was more the. Um, it was a few headlines from the from IMDb actually. My phone. Yeah. When you go, I was saying to the boys, a new thing that's appeared in my life is since uh, moving in with a uh, a lady who has children is um, having to check on IMDb the um, the parents section where it basically tells you anything. You know anything, any themes and things that are going to come up that might be. Um, Maybe, upsetting for the little ones. Yeah, not suitable for um, Alex for the youngest. Oops, sorry, some uh, technical. I'll just read the first few. First one in the parents' guide on IMDb: Sex and nudity. A girl is seen having unwanted or quote crude intercourse with a young boy unwillingly, and as a result becomes heavily pregnant. Threads presents a graphic, realistic portrayal of nuclear war and its aftermath to the screen. The violence is quite graphic for a TV movie. A woman is seen with severe body burns. Frequent deaths occur in the film from radiation, sickness, starvation and attempts at post-war survival. In a hospital, many bloody and graphic injuries are shown. A doctor removes glass from a child's festering wounds. Ooh. A bucket of dirty blood is seen being sanitised. A man is seen biting on a rag as his leg is being amputated with a handsaw without any anaesthetic. Quite graphic and disturbing. A girl is raped off screen. A boy is shot and killed whilst trying to steal food. And on and on and on and on and on it goes. So 
Essentially, don't show this to your fucking children. I would, I would advise, even if they're grown-up adult children, <laughs> don't fucking show it to them. Or, or maybe do if you want to... Yeah, fuck it. No, Sobering, interesting, is, horrific. It's a great film. Yep. It's, it's a very good film. I think it's like an 8.1... Mm-hmm. On, IMD, on IMDb, on, uh, on, on the IMDb gospel. Maybe 8.4 something. Maybe like 8.1. Where no, no, are we? 8.1, yes. 8.1. 8.1. Oh, and that's 8, with 8,769 votes. And it's on an 8.1. Oh, yeah. And it is a genuinely very good film. Right? I mean, mm. but... But, and here is the big but. And I like big buts, and I can't <laughs> lie. <laughs> Nicely done. But... It is genuinely horrifying to the point where I spent five hours and emailing my local council <laughs> researching nuclear weapons <laughs> and just to see what... Because well, you think, oh, I survived the blast. Well, <coughs> jobs are good. But no, it isn't. You've no. got the fallout. Yeah. And then, and then you've got the, the fucking... You think, oh, maybe if I survive the fallout, hey, the government will show up with food and... Medicine. No, they'll show up. And they'll shoot you and, and take they your food. No, they'll <laughs> yeah. show up and I'll have a can of, I'll have like a fucking rancid plastic bag full of fucking ravioli. Ravioli <laughs> that I've taken from my own cellar that's left and they go, looter! And shoot me in the face. Yeah. Oh, yes. By this point, I've probably been remobilised, so it's okay. I'm the guy <laughs> shooting the people in the face. I'll share me ravioli with you, Cheers, Mike. guys. I'll shoot you both and take it. <laughs> we might disarm you and kill you with your own weapon. I doubt you would. Because too much. I doubt you could. Oh, listen to Rambo over there. <laughs> Does it matter? My skeletal hands will Two sing. shots. You're both down. That's Mike like... will squeeze my skeletal hands around <laughs> your throat. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll choke the life out of you. And then, just like that man made love to the floor earlier, I will do that to your <laughs> skull through your eye socket. Well, I always carry a pistol on my ankle, so... <laughs> <laughs> We'll be alright, mate. Yeah, I don't think you will. Yeah, I think will. I've got, actually, I think I've got ten meters to shoot you both down for you. You're way, you're sick with radiation. You're gonna come at me very slowly and shambling. I'm just gonna go bang, 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 bang. Two shots to the chest, both of you. You're both down. I'm gonna take your ravioli and fucking feast on it later in the mess. All right, Andy McNabb. <laughs> Calm down. Are you going to fire two guns simultaneously Maybe. whilst doing a backflip from a burning truck onto no, another I moving I, I vehicle and then kiss at an incredibly attractive blonde whilst Wait. shooting me without looking in slow motion? Well, if, I can, get, if I can get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt there's going to be many attractive blondes left at this point, never mind moving vehicles. But uh, You will be distracted by what you think out of the corner of your eye is a slither of porno magazine under some rubble and as you're looking down at it I'll fucking cave your skull in with a brick Gaz, no one has porno oh, mags in this this day and age uh, if you're out in the woods you might find some <laughs> yeah, we'll the city. no, no one in the city has porno imagine mags. finding a burnt little fucking scrap of fucking pornography yeah. <laughs> you'll be down on your knees with your fucking <laughs> that, cock out that is the most the... precious commodity <laughs> exactly. food. Hey, and I'll, I'll distract you trade me your rations <laughs> for this scrap of porno <laughs> <laughs> story Daniel sucking Donald Trump off <laughs> oh well look at that oh, stove the skull in take that food there you go it is so weird I did bring this up a few <laughs> weeks ago but it, it I still watch porn. I've watched, it might surprise you to know that I've watched porn since I last. I hope this weekend. But the advert, no, I've not had time. But the advert on, uh, that comes up on, I can't remember what it's either 
X videos you put on one of the main porn streaming sites and uh, hi I'm Stormy Daniels you may have seen me in the news recently oh. yes yes I have Stormy and she stood there naked advertising some porn company and I cannot get it out of my mind as I'm preloaded ready to wank <laughs> I've selected my video that I've decided is the one and along oh, comes Stormy the one from the little thumbnail clip yeah you and up, up comes Stormy and I can now only think of Donald Trump's fucked her. <laughs> Donald Trump has sucked those big pendulous fake bosoms. And that's not what you want to be thinking no, about while that. you're trying to fluff yourself. It's not when he was son. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, that's it. Full uh, Alex. Full Alex. That's going to full Alex. Should we explain the game show? The game is... <laughs> The game is, Mike finds us a random piece of, um, let's say, bullshit on the internet. Well, yeah. And, uh, and then we see, and then we, he plays as a clip of Alex going full-on batshit crazy. Saint and Alex we see Jones. Saint Alex. Mm. And we see who's gone full Alex. And as we all know, you never go full Alex. Nope. Were you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? So um, I was hoping, in a way, that that interview I sent you the other day we might make it onto here at this at some point. What was that? that one with the uh, the U Kipper. Remind me. Oh, it was like a week ago. No, it wasn't. It was like two days ago. Oh, it was like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sent Mike this fantastic. It was LBC Radio. Was oh it? yeah. And, and he's <laughs> like, uh, <coughs> no. And this guy was like. Oh, oh sorry. It's okay. It was, it was about Brexit, and he was mm. a UKIPper, and he was—he—he he just did not live in this no. reality, Gaz. It was unbelievable. I'll send you well, the clue if you want. Yeah, but um, very few of them do. Uh, but, but it was unbelievable. And these people walk among us, and they vote. Yeah, completely yeah, well, dissidents. Yeah, they'll, it was, they'll it die was in the blast. Don't so die in the blasts. Let's do it. Let's who's 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 this, Mike? Who are you Well, no. Okay. So he's the same angel that was assigned Reagan is the same assigned to Trump. Oh right, the same angel. Yep. Oh wow. Go on. People can mock me for this. Go ahead. I know people don't understand these things. I probably shouldn't even say them. But I'm going to tell you. For those of you that are spiritual, my friend Mahesh Shavda is a tremendous man. He's a, you know, um, he has a tremendous miracle ministry. He's been establishing for 40 years with a great ministry. He told me about an angel. A couple of times he's had encounters with angels, and one of the angels he met was literally involved with the American Revolution, and it was assigned to Ronald Reagan. And he said the angel was in front of him as Mahesh was praying, and uh, it had come right from combat. And as I talked with Mahesh, I said, I believe that same angel was assigned to Donald Trump. I'm telling you guys, the same ministry angel that was assigned to Ronald Reagan is assigned to Donald Trump. I don't know who it is, what it is. Someone else will tell me it's Michael, it's this, it's that, who knows. But I'm going to tell you this that angel on June 12th is going to be involved with this thing in Singapore. <laughs> well, first of all, can you pass me the back, you please? Because I need a fag after that. <laughs> Second of all, what a bag of shit that is. I mean, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on this one. That is. I, well, I don't believe, I don't have the same belief system. I don't believe in angels, heaven or anything. So I don't believe a word that's come out of his mouth. And but is it the same as St. Ike? 
A bloke told me that no. the angel How the signs of Reagan is never signed because like, heaven and you're an angel in heaven. Oh, you're signs of Reagan. How dare you equate? Hey, the, hey, hey. The detailed you're, research you're, of Saint. You've had a few weeks. You've had a few years off now because probably probably a year in angel terms is not much. Twenty years in angel terms is probably a few days off. Uh, it works, but... Well, as a, as well I student, do. They're not fucking real. It's bollocks. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm hypothetically spouting. In all Let's not. Isn't a day on earth like a thousand years in heaven? Yeah, so he's been sat around for a few thousand years, yeah. right? Oh, by the way, I've got a new, new, new asylum for you. Have you? Yeah, Donald Trump, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Reagan already. What have I got Trump for? No, well, you know, politics, mate. Like, politics. These men as, like, pillars of, like, godly... He's like the fucking psychopaths. Reagan was a fucking psychopath. You've got to be a bit sorry to want to do. Although he was quite hilarious in his later years. Well, he actually did lose his marbles, didn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. Not that Alzheimer's is a funny thing, but it is on your president. Right, give me Alex, because I I don't think there's not a lot I could say about that fucking religious lunacy. What's Alex saying? This Alex week? Jones explains how demons possess you using television. Oh, fantastic. Sounds much more sensible straight away. <laughs> oh, blight or, or succubus has like attached itself to the to, to people, and it's like either they're demon possessed or they aren't. And that's what it is. I've talked to a lot of top psychologists, a lot of top PhDs, or even atheists, and they said, listen. You study enough, you look enough, you get into situations enough, you'll run into people that are clearly possessed and who even know information about you you've never told them. They're not guessing. Something else is coming through them. And folks, that's what this is. I don't care the media makes fun of me. I don't don't care what they say, whatever. I'm telling you, folks, I look out at the crowds, I see the people, they are possessed by something. I don't know what it is. You know, most of the planet believes in, 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 in demons and possession for a reason. In fact, every culture does. Because it's, it's, it's not them. Something's coming in. Something's been overlaid. And it's a sickness. And it's spreading. And the television is the vector. It's how they're getting through it, people. It's a mind trick. They put them into a subconscious hypnosis. They admit that to the television flicker, right? To the lights, all of it. And then they superimpose something until they get your free will through, through, through incrementalism to turn yourself over to it. And then it's like a intergalactic virus that then causes the individual to shut down, become a poisonous creature who begins attacking everything around them. It's, it's, it's a wavelength. It, it's, it's... It's Alex Jones. Can it's I just a... point out, that's the second time we've heard me we on his show. I think we've had I don't that know what, before. No, I don't think we have. Have we? We might no, have. I don't think we have. I don't know, but it's Should definitely really? the second time we've heard Muse. Come on in the background. Yeah. Well, they might have been using it as their sign-off music, possibly. But anyway, let's discuss. Intergalactic virus. He used those exact words. Transmitted through the television screen. (laughs) To take your free will. Yeah. I still think that's less mental than the same fucking guardian angel who was looking after Reagan is now looking after Trump. Yeah, because the guardian angel was looking after Reagan wasn't great because someone tried to kill him. Yeah. And obviously, the guardian angel looking after Trump isn't that great either, because everyone thinks he's an insufferable cunt. Well, a, a good 45% of Americans where you think he's... Uh... Yeah. Well, since him and Kim have started rubbing micro-penises together, they, you know, his attitude has changed. But no, yes. I, I didn't think that Kim was well hung for, for an Asian man. 
Kim Well Hung Young. Yeah. Jung, oh, yeah. Sorry, there was a joke. Kim Well Hung Young. I don't. I don't think Kim has got a micro penis. Well, I don't know. All I think posture. he's got. I think he's got a big one. He's trying to slam it about. Because yeah. like, he's got a small country, mm. but he's trying to be a big boy. Yeah, but that so I think psychologically might lead you Trump to think he's got, got a small one. But Trump has got a small one with a big country. I think and he's trying to slam it about. Trump might I have think a massive Kim's one because of the way he acts. Nah, I don't see it. Anyway, let's stop talking about their dicks and decide who went. Who was talking more batshit crazy this week? My money's on the first guy. I did like the first guy, I must admit. He's a... Uh, same angels, and he was recording that on his cell phone doing a selfie, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. In, so he's, he's, he's that's like coming in, in that's coming, somewhere. That's coming from him on the spur of the moment. Yeah. Mm. Whereas Alex has kind of prepared that little speech, mm. and they're all de- Ironically, the the fact that we're watching Alex on TV mm. has not, and a lot of other people are, has not prepared him for the fact that he might be a demon influencing people. Well, he but could just be a shell. He could be a shell. And I he spoke it. to he spoke to atheists. Mm. Who agree? Well, I'm pretty sure that atheists don't agree, don't believe in demons. <laughs> that's that's my but main. They might believe in interdimensional viruses that take your free will. Though. They do, but we wouldn't call them demons. Transmitted through the flicker oh, of the television he's screen. Brilliant. Yeah, he's brilliant. I love him. I love you, Alex. Oh, he's. You um, know what? You know when you said he's the best performer. Oh yeah. Out there, mm. I fully agree. Mm. He's an amazing uh, performer. I really do. He is the. He's batshit crazy. Yeah. yeah. But he's crazy. but he's got enough. He's batshit crazy on the show, and then he goes to court with his ex-wife and says, "Oh no, it's all a performance." Yeah. Well, if that's all a performance, if that if anything is true in that. Uh, that little courtroom hearing, well, which the, the, the God that he's supposed to believe in, that he swears on that Bible and turns around and says, hey, I'm just a performance artist. Mm. Surely, first of all, that's going to be a fucking wake-up call for people, isn't it? Well, you'd think, wouldn't you? You'd think. But no, he's still out there, still going mm. batshit crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although his ex-wife did say that he has got very paranoid. You'll say whatever, well, you, whatever you can to win the court case. Yeah. So, so and He'll say whatever he can to get ratings. Yeah. So you're going for the first guy? I'm going for the first guy. I, I would agree with the first guy. He's like doing that on the spin. He's not rehearsed that. He's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. The same same angel that was for Reagan, he's been assigned to Trump now. Yeah. Well, well, just uh, in case we had the first one, do you want a Brucey bonus? Oh, go on then. Yeah, go for it. This oh, you've like, even named yeah. the Brucey I bonus I clip. I named the Brucey bonus clip. The left is using demons and witches against Trump. Oh, fantastic. Let's go for that. I can see Pat Robinson on that fucking scroll through. He's on there. Oh. It's like a mixture of everybody. Oh, God, he's a fucking lunatic. He's oh, so, so good. Can the spirits hurt us if we are both Christians? Oh, the Bible says a curse causeless cannot lie. And some, that may can't rest on you. Some, some uh, demon power that try to curse you, but in the name of Jesus, you, you, you take it back. And I may add, I read that a bunch of witches has gotten together to put a curse on Trump. And I, I think the Christians need to be praying for him to defend him, but at the same time, send those curses back where they came from. This is an evil day. And, you know, Steve Bannon is right. This conflict is going to heat up because the other side, they're throwing everything they have into the breach, including now demons. I mean, realize what the left is doing now in this battle over the future of our country. They are throwing the very demons of hell. Uh, at those that are trying to represent what is good and best and right for this country. So all you fakes want to get close to God, stop being cowards. Be like Donald Trump. 
<laughs> and that witch raises her head on the day that, that she publicly supports witchcraft and Satanism and black magic. They were in the news saying, hope Trump dies, voodoo dolls. Have you seen what happened to Haiti, what happened in New Orleans? Voodoo and devil worship. Isn't it funny they have devil worship? in Africa, even before they ever heard from Christians, and China had devil worship, and the Aztecs had devil worship, because it's real, folks. It's an archetype, either way you cut it. It's a spirit. And any time a culture starts invoking Satan, every time it happens, there are mass wars, casualties, and death. And only corrupt, twisted, weak societies ever call on Satan. Any strong society always calls on the great spirit, as some Native Americans called it. We're talking about the same thing, in my view. So God gave us a reprieve, and this, this thing is spiritual. It really is spiritual. And uh, so we need, this land is so important, and I, I counsel you, pray for this nation. Pray for the president, pray for uh, this nation, but what's being done against him it, you know, surpasses it's it's not human. It's 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 a spiritual thing. Oh, oh it's just holding do. us back as a species. <laughs> That's all this is doing. It's holding us back as a species. Well, we could be if you haven't had fifteen hundred years of the dark ages when religion ruled, we'd be fucking colonizing Mars by now. We'd be we'd be fifteen hundred years ahead in our technology. These well, fuckers just holding us back. Let's see. Shoot how, them all. Shoot see. them all. I don't care. I'm going to say it. Fucking get rid of these fuckers. Well, I mean, the political left uh, using actual demons. Yes, because the left, the majority of the right, <laughs> the majority <laughs> of the left, I presume, are. with a complete straight face. Yeah, because they are. They're, they're Satanists. It's like that plane that flew around download. Well, Jesus loves you on it. These people are not in touch reality, and I'm just gonna fucking say it. Just fucking get rid of these fuckers. <laughs> well, I'm not. You know just because they're holding... the nukes fly. <laughs> no, I'm not saying nukes. But you know Let's what? see how God helps him when the fucking front room window explodes. No, yes, he's got a bunker. Oh, he hasn't. He's not he, one of these. Pat Robinson these. has got a fucking bunker. Because uh, even though he says like, "Oh yeah, I'm. It's all about God. I'm all about God. God will protect me." He's got a private jet and a fucking bunker, mate. I'm, gu I'm going to guarantee you that. Yeah, well, fuck him. So the you know what? Him, I'm going to say it. Get rid of these fuckers. They're detrimental to the human race. Well, I kind of concur, but maybe let's do it a bit less. Oh, anyway, fuck it. I'm, I'm literally, I'm burnt out. We've, we've done. How long have we gone? Three hours. Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours of it's been a nuclear holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> and depression and death and rotting flesh. So but we've had a laugh along the way. Yeah, we've had a laugh. So personally, I think we should wrap this bad boy up. Yeah. <laughs> Before I kill right. myself. Well, I've been Ben. I'm going to say, uh, don't drink the flavour aid and don't join a cult. Oh, I forgot to mention I've joined a cult. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you for the last like, fucking 15 weeks, Mike. I joined a cult online. What kind of cult? Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, I'll talk about it next week. I was going to say, that's a cliffhanger to tune <laughs> yeah, in next time. Mike right. joined a cult, right? I'm going to say, everyone apart from Mike, don't drink the flavour aid, and everyone apart from Mike, please don't join a cult. <laughs> well, I started my own, but anyway, I've been Gaz, I'm going to say goodnight and free Biff Tannen. I've been Mike, thanks for listening, peace out, enjoy the cult. Kiss <laughs> <Yes, sir! laughs>
We're the kids in the apocalypse. Gizzer! We're the kids in the apocalypse. Gizzer! <laughs> 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 <laughs>